Why is it that every time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny? You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a Luddite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know? Why don't you know y'all just say something nice? Showtime. Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. Film, TV, and music news and discussions, plus reviews of the films, TV shows, and music we've enjoyed or otherwise this past week. In addition to our Say Something Nice challenge, in which we challenge each other to say something nice about the best and worst in pop culture. Be sure to check us out at SSMPodcast.com and on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, and TuneIn. Be sure to like and share the show on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where we are under the handle SSM Podcast. And be sure to comment and rate us five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Hello, everybody, and welcome. My name is Brandon. Hi, it's Latria. And this is the Say Something Nice Podcast. I think I heard my voice crack when I said, hello, everybody. I think I went through puberty again. <laughs> like Peter, like uh, Peter Brady. Uh, <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. We're recording this on Sunday, August the 26th, 2018. This is a regular SSM podcast episode. The first one we've probably done. We've done in exactly six months in one day because <laughs> I went, had to find the template to do the news rundown. And the last one was dated... Um, February the 25th, 2006, 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. Most of these have all been reviews of stuff and things, and then all the crazy moving is miserable. Let me just say that. Yes, it is. Packing and unpacking. Ugh. Packing was even that bad for me. Like, well, I mean, it was bad, but like the unpacking was the bad Yeah, part. unpacking is always worse. Because it's like I get here and it's like a, it's a better apartment, it's a bigger apartment, but I had like in the old one shelving and things that were like sort of kind of built into some of the rooms. Mm. And in full disclosure, a lot of this stuff I just left in boxes and in like bins and stuff. So I've been to every place that sells furniture in this city. And Atlanta is a big place with a lot of furniture stores. Yes, it is. Um, so I have seen the full <laughs> gamut of pricing from it's got termites <laughs> to Jesus oh, must have can carve this thing himself because the price is like $900 for a damn chair, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's been quite an adventure of getting things because I needed to have a place to do the show. So I had to get like a desk, basically. So I got that from like our office, like uh, one of those like uh, liquidation places. I went to a bunch of those until I finally yeah. found the table I wanted. Which was like had like you know like the little cutouts and things in the board mm-hmm. so you could put plugs and stuff, and then I get there to buy it and a nigga is taking it away because <gasps> he had bought it three weeks earlier and they didn't tag the thing that the soul tag. See, <laughs> and that was that was the only one they had too. It was the only one they had, but I went and found a different one that had plugs underneath, and so that's the one I have now, and it actually matches everything in the apartment better anyway. So that's. That's, that's fine. Good. Like you can plug it into the desk? Yeah. Or the t- oh, that's cool. It's like a power strip like under the desk. And so all mm-hmm. the plugs go in and keep, keep it a little bit neater and everything, which is awesome. So yeah. I did that. I went to, um, I got stuff. I got a bedroom set, a, a girl person's bedroom set for the first time in my life. 
don't you like really feel like an adult when you do? <laughs> yeah, it's like, ooh, it's got a mirror. It's, I got a dress of drawers and a dress. Right. Like, I feel so gross. Like, ooh, it match. Yeah. It's the same shade of wood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, because I just like, I've needed it for a very long time. I used to hang up all the clothes, even clothes I don't need to hang up because I had, you know, most of these parts mm-hmm. had big closets and I didn't have a full set of stuff. So I did that. And then I went to um, the place that is both like the bane of my existence and my saving grace, which was the Ikea. I love and hate that place at the same time. <laughs> you get you know, it, right? I, it's I, like- have, I have been, every time I've gone, I'm like, oh, wow, I never buy anything because I get so overwhelmed. <laughs> I don't know where anything is. I'm like, I don't know, like... They get, you know they have the little card things that you write stuff. I like I don't know what to write down on here. Yeah. So I just I just put that back, put the pencil back, and I'm like, it's then it takes me 30 minutes to find the exit. Yeah. And after it, that, it's like a I'm level of like, Zelda. Yeah. It's like I love the idea of the store, but once I get in there, I just I can't I can't buy anything. I just, I get mad and leave. The first time I went, I was like, oh, this is nice. This, why is this furniture so cheap? It looks nice. And then because I didn't understand how Ikea worked. Then I went right. to, like, the, the whole little Disney World thing until, like, the actual area where they sell everything. I was like, oh, my. And I was looking around, like, you know the Looney Tunes cartoons where they be in the factory they play that? That's all I heard in my head because this is, like, there's, like, little trucks run, rolling by and all these boxes everywhere on shelves. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, how are you supposed to manage it here? Right. I went back a couple of times and sort of kind of got bearings and figured out what, you know, to sort of kind of do. So I went and I got um, two two bookcases and a coffee table and an end table and put them together um, by myself because um, certain people, Mm -hmm. cautious, said they would help me and they didn't. Uh, (laughs) But it's all together now. I've, I've, Achievement unlocked for putting together IKEA furniture and yeah. How and, long did it take you? Um, like an hour and a half. I put on uh, Civil War. And I'll get to that later. Um, and oh, read the audio commentary. <laughs> um, but yeah, it wasn't too bad. And so now everything's set up. I could we could do the show again. The new mixers that I finally out of the box because the Owen blew up and I plugged into the wall of this new of this new apartment. Don't know what that was about, but you know, I put the, got a new mixer, put it into a different wall, and things to be going okay so far. Thankfully, uh, the people at Guitar Center are very generous with their return policy if you buy their protection plan. If it don't work, oh, yeah. take it back and they will refund you your money. Ain't that that's and, good? Yeah. So that was awesome. How about you? How's how's your um, I guess summer been going? Well, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. As per our offline uh, chats. <laughs> I was laid off at the end of May, so that was interesting. Yeah, sorry. But I mean, other than that, it's been good. I've actually traveled. I had one of my best friends got married uh, at the beginning of July in Memphis, so I went there. Memphis is then, awesome. I drove to Memphis once by myself. Just yeah, that's vacation. what we did, drove, and I was like, I'm glad I have my mom in the car because you had to drive through Mississippi to get there. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Don't, don't not get out and of yeah, I was like, okay, so <laughs> after this rest stop, <laughs> we now stop. No more. Do you have to use the bathroom? 
<laughs> but I was just like, it, I mean, it was a straight shot, but I was like, yeah, I think I would kind of like freak out at some point. Like, okay, I don't see anything. Yeah, there's <laughs> like a really- No dr- clue where I am. The road from Birmingham to uh, mm-hmm. Memphis is like dark and you don't see any sort of exit or anything for like a good nope. strong 20 minutes. No. Yeah. And I'm one of those people that like, even if I have to get gas, I will drive my, like literally until my light comes on, until I see like, did you know that have the exit signs that tells you what gas stations? Yeah. If it's, if it's a name that I don't recognize, like if I don't see Quick Trip, <laughs> like BP is the lowest I would go. <laughs> but if I don't see a Quick Trip or a racetrack, like we're not getting no gas. Yeah. Listen, and we're not going to get started on Texaco. Oh, no. <laughs> What's the one that's always in the country? Uh, Flash Chevron. Foods? Oh. Yeah, real yes. country. Flash Foods is the one in the real country. <laughs> now, you know, I will stop for the um, the truck stop ones. Now, those... Yeah, the pilots. Mm-hmm. Where they Pilot. sell everything. They're basically like a Walmart with a, with a gas station attached hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Ollie. Hi, So that one. Good. Just recounting my summer. Yeah. Awesome. I Um, apologize for the delay. Had a bit of anatomical problems. This is that's as that's as discreet and as, that's, as yeah yeah as don't don't go into more detail as I can keep it please please, <laughs> please. <laughs> oh lord I have a joke for you offline Ali I t- remind me to tell it to you later um, <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah well, Latria when you were in Memphis did you get to go to any of the exhibits any of the museums no because I was like busy with wedding stuff Uh so I was definitely like, man, I got to come back because, um, well, wait, was it? no, I'm thinking of Nashville. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, so I didn't. I mean, we went downtown and ate at, um, God, what's that barbecue? Rendezvous. Yeah, I didn't have we, any of the barbecue. I was too there. scared to have the barbecue because I, I, I already checked out my hotels. I was like, I don't know this will agree yeah, with me on the road. So let me not but I didn't even really get to explore downtown like I would want to. I would definitely have to go back. Oh, yeah. It was pretty cool. And then the end of July, I took my mom to Nashville to see Anita Baker. And that was incredible. Because she sounds just like her albums. That's awesome. And had all the energy. And it turns out um, B.B. Winans, Lettucey, and India Ari were there. And of course, she made all of them get on stage. (laughs) Oh, wow. At the same time? Yes, because she was like, we have special, we have two special guests. And then I was like, oh, who could it be? And then she said, and then I just saw somebody like some man just like hop up on the stage. Like he didn't even go around to the side to go up the steps. He just like rolled, literally <laughs> rolled. climbed on. <laughs> yeah, More on that later. And I was like, who is this? Because I couldn't tell who he was. And then when she said his name, I was like, oh, wow. And then she's like, we have another special guest. Um, and she said, let us see. And I was like, okay, that is random. And then she's like, and we got one more person who like might be shy or something. And then I was trying to see who it was. And I saw like a crowd part and I just saw this like white head wrap. And I said, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was like, it has to be her. That has to be her. And she came out there and it was, I forgot what they sang. 
but she like made her people get all the microphones and she, she would not start the song until they all had their microphones set. They could have sang the ABCs and just it would Listen, be awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was so good. And then at one point at the end of the song, they were all singing like this one refrain and she was like off to the side, like literally like directing a choir. And I was like, how does this happen? Like, <laughs> how are you singing Anita Baker's song? And she's literally like directing you like you're some mass choir. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. And then in August, I went to Dominican Republic. Oh. For another wedding. So that oh, was nice. That was that. DR is a very nice place to have a wedding, I heard. I have never been to DR before. But it is, yeah. yeah. It was nice. The resort was nice. So that was cool. But that was my summer. Yeah. That's basically it. That's awesome. I need you actually get out of the country one of these old days. I'm glad you had a, a even you know, despite, you know, your um former employer um you <laughs> I know, know, right. <laughs> doing that to you, but like you right. had a summer of like relaxation and travel and stuff. Um, I know. I was like, man, I finally had like a summer break since like two thousand. Five. <laughs> or no, I would say 2004 because I started working in 2005. Yeah, like yeah, that that grown um, mm-hmm. yeah, grown people. You don't get summer vacation. I miss it. <laughs> we do not. Yeah. Um. But Ali, how was your summer? Because I well, I know how your summer was, but tell the audience what you did this summer. The big thing that you did. Oh yeah. So. You know the funny thing is that uh, <laughs> you're saying, "Hey, what what awesome things did you do this summer?" And you know, for some reason, my mind is still, my mind is just blanking out right now. Why am I not remembering? Does it have to do with a person whose name I can't remember? Nigga, you bought a house, right? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sitting there like, is he not saw, a new house that he just bought? Okay. Like, okay. Where do you record realize? this damn show? On the, on the side of the road someplace? You in okay. a new house? I was like, <laughs> like, does he not realize that is an accomplishment? Yes. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh God, please don't let them make me try to remember someone's name. <laughs> <laughs> See, Brandy, you was about to get Ali caught up thinking that he was about, he was about to tell something that he probably... <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh Jesus, what happened? Oh, yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, your boy, he decided to to upgrade himself um, a little bit with, um, with a new Ooh. place. So, tell us about the house. So, it's, uh, it's a two-bedroom, you know, little uh, townhouse, you know, nothing huge. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's quite uh, spacious for one uh, little old me. Mm-hmm. And um, but I'm I'm pretty happy about it. Um, it's just the freaking price of um living in an apartment in my area was just going sky high, and I was right. not able to um to afford to live there anymore. <laughs> so yep. I decided, you know what, I need some consistency. <laughs> let me get a let me get a um a a a, a, a housing payment that don't change. Okay. <laughs> so, Something to help. So, so yeah. Um, so I thought that it would be a lot more difficult than I expected. Mm. Um, however, I had a secret member. society of Dominican um, 
operatives <laughs> who assisted yeah, him. I, in, he had the plug. Yes. <laughs> so I use I use the red telephone. <laughs> I used to get to I said I need y'all to to get it done <laughs> and and according to Brandon sure enough uh, an agent showed up and and um, before I knew it see see they apparently what was that phrase that people like to use they they it's stay handled. ready so they don't have to get ready oh yeah you, they uh, stay ready mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so so yeah, and yeah, just like Kerry Washington, it, it got handled. <laughs> yeah. How long so, was your process? <laughs> um uh two weeks. See? What? <laughs> See? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> like this. People people listen to this and Latria like listen, you tell the story. And me who started trying to look for a house and gave up are like two it took you could we spent like six months to a year. That's what everybody keeps telling me, like and like in Atlanta too. What yeah. side of town are you on? Like I'm not I'm not in the downtown area or mm-hmm. I'm actually just on the edge of the perimeter in Ellenwood. But yeah, his I like it's it's Ellenwood adjacent, but is he lives mm-hmm. close to like the cater and stuff, basically. Gotcha. So wow, two yep. weeks. And it's funny because when I helped him move, we were looking for places to eat and it's all like like um hood places basically over there. Mm-hmm. Like you know, wing and chicken places, and he's like, Brandon, they do not know to make a make a good um um. Uh, was it you had Philly cheesesteak? I'm like, nigga, they make wings. That's what they're here for. <laughs> oh, true. I was like, this this area is like. Huh. So now I understand. The, now I understand why people um people who live. Um, a little further out, say stuff like, "Yeah, you need a car when you live in the in the uh, you know the Atlanta sort of area. You mm-hmm. don't need a car. You can't do what you need to do without having to really drive. Drive exactly. Very true. So, but still, though, I'm I'm pretty happy. Uh, when I say when I say two weeks, I mean it took two weeks to basically um, pick. It took two weeks to to pick. And start the negotiations and all that kind of stuff process. Yeah. How so many the, places? The whole process. I looked at um, six places. Oh, okay. Yep. So, um, and yeah, and eventually I got it and I was like, wow, this is it, just like that. So, so yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty happy. Uh, so far, it's just you know the annoying process of having to unbox. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. After you move, it's, it's, it's like okay, I'm here. It's funny because we used to, like, we used the same moving process. company. Like I used them first, and then I gave them to Ali. And the, the dude did a double take when he saw me. He was like, "Yeah, I gave him your house number." <laughs> yeah, but they were really good, <laughs> which, is, which is hilarious. And not only did we use the same co- co- company, I literally used Brandon's boxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He came over and helped me unpack like, just so you could take the boxes. <laughs> hey, that's what I used to go to. Um, my Look. mom told me a long time ago. I used to go to Walmart and like go to the back and be like, "Hey, so y'all got some boxes you're not using?" <laughs> and they would give them to me. <laughs> like you know, the funny thing is that when we when we talk about this process, it always makes us feel like a, makes me feel like as if we we're in a dark alley with trench coats <laughs> and someone. <laughs> 
someone opens up one half of their trench coat and is like, I got them boxes. I give them good boxes. <laughs> I need me the box. You. I need the box. Yeah. <laughs> like Diana Ross when she threw that pot at Billy Dee's head. Give it to me. Give it. <laughs> give it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. They, they charge you way too much, and it's like I'm yeah, really for boxes, not gonna boxes. use this again. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, so it's always good when you can either have a friend who has boxes, or if you work at a place where, um, so for example, my place also have a couple of boxes because you know mm-hmm. I work in IT, and so we always we're always unboxing like printers and computers and whatnot. So yes. yeah. Yep, but so that's that's one big thing that happened. Um, Brandon and I went to see um, Desus and Mero. Oh yes, we did. Um, oh live. yeah, when, was that July or was that in June? It was in it was July. Yeah, early in July. That was July. Where was it? It was at the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra um, uh, attached to the High Museum. Okay, cool. I've yeah, never so seen all those two that. completely different places. It's like several. It's a complex, basically. Yeah. Because okay, because when 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 we said it's at the Atlantic Symphony Orchestra and, and Google Maps told me the High Museum, I was like, oh no, I think Google Maps is broken. And then I got there <laughs> and I started to circle the building. And then I was like, you know um, what? Let me just go inside and ask the security guard. And he was just like, it's that way. And he pointed yeah. like inside. The high, the like the High is the flagship. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's like the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, and then what's the other one that has like all the plays and stuff? There's like a black box theater there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there's like a whole bunch of stuff in there. But yeah, but it, it is confusing. Like the first time you're like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, is all this actually over here? I know. I yeah, lost. exactly. I was like, how did you all fit it all in there? <laughs> right. Like a Russian nesting doll. I need to go now and be like, so is this where Killmonger? Do y'all have that mask that Killmonger took? Is it really here? I was just going there for a jeans jacket with a with a white furry collar and just some gold rim glasses. (laughs) Yeah, just stand the same way he was standing, looking at the like exhibits. Right. (laughs) Every time I see that, I laugh. Yeah, Museum of Great Britain. Come on, (laughs) y'all. That's the high. Like People had a party laugh at the deal. Busted out laughing. Yes, it is. It was like, yeah. oh, come on, man. Yep. That's down the street. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Desus and Miro is really awesome. Um, we yeah, know, they were really funny. Yeah, we know Desus uh, from a long time ago, and it's awesome for it to see his come up. Which, uh, now, is that the dark skin? That's the dark skin one. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was a really good show. It was their first show they did after they got, they just were done with their Viceland show and they're moving to Showtime now. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was Showtime or HBO. So is it going to be basically like how their Viceland show was or is it different? Uh, I don't think they know yet. I think they're developing it. It'll probably end up being like how, uh, what's his name who's on HBO uh, last week tonight? Uh, what's that man's name? John Oliver? John Oliver, yes. It'll probably okay. be like how John Oliver's show is. Yeah. Yeah, I remember reading too how uh, Viceland got pissy and basically was like, "Well, y'all can go ahead and go." Even yeah, they still had time on their contract, and they were like, "But we weren't going to leave y'all like that." Like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I'm pretty sure those guys, they're yeah, they they've blown up, so they're going to do just yeah. fine. Yeah, Miro went to 
Lennox and bought himself a Versace um, outfit for the show. Oh jeez! Yeah. He really did. He really did. <laughs> that man came. That man came in there, and everyone was just like, "Is it? Was it his pants, Brandon?" It was his jacket too. The jacket he in came particular. Came looking like Migos. The yes. Jacket? Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because he just kept on. He just kept on tuning around, and showing us his back, and I was like, "Oh, I get it. It's because of the uh, the jacket." Okay, I see. Yeah, Deez is actually <laughs> called him like, the fourth member of Migos, the light skin Migo. <laughs> So Deesus wasn't having it. He he let him have it on stage. <laughs> oh, I bet he yeah. <laughs> So yeah, they do really yeah, but well. They, but they were able to... How long was the show? It was like around maybe it two hours? It was two hours, hours with no intermission. Oh, and wow. The funny thing is, they were able to keep the hype up for the entire yeah. two hours. You didn't get tired. You didn't get bored. You didn't get restless. That's good. Yeah. Because, you know, usually a show yeah, runs so, like two hours. They have to put an intermission in there. Otherwise, people will start complaining. Yeah. So oh, yeah, do, they, but, um, do they go over like just like pop culture stuff? or Yeah, they basically did their like their podcast in person. Basically is what they did. Um, so I haven't listened to that either. They opened and closed with like 900,000 AKAs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Delivered at rapid speed. Uh, but yes, but speak, that reminded me, speaking of intermissions, um, he's not, I guess he's not coming today, but John, actually, I went to Ohio to visit John. So that was a, mm-hmm. my big adventure that I did during the summer um, in Cleveland. And so I got to explore Cleveland. Um, it's a very interesting, cool city, even though their pizza is trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John's gonna okay. hear this and freak out because he took me to like the quote unquote best pizza place in town, and like the pizza came, it had no no, no seasoning on it. And he's like, "You don't season pizza?" I'm like, "Yes, you do. You season oh, everything." Oh my God, right? Because I got chicken put on the pizza too. And the chicken, this chicken was naked as the day it was born. It was just like just just white. There would be a piece of pepper, and I asked, "Well, do they have salt and pepper I could put on a pizza?" John with a check, and then he's come back, no. So I ended up just getting wings instead with barbecue sauce on them. Even though, even then, they could have used some salt, but at least it was some salt Listen. in the barbecue sauce already. Right. Listen, the, the chicken was white. <laughs> Why did I tell you? It was Sarah J. Johnson chicken. <laughs> now, Brandon, Brandon, were you up there before or after LeBron's announcement? After. Oh, so how was it? <laughs> it was what cool is, and everything. LeBron? Cleveland, right? They, they were they were about to take you know taking out his murals and stuff and everything. You know, everybody had come to terms with it. I guess you know it wasn't immediately after, but you know, yeah. Um, and then so the main reason I came out there is because um John and I saw Hamilton. Oh no, fair <laughs> at the public theater. Um, I will say this though: the public theater, I think it was public theater, but basically it was one of those old movie houses that they converted to like live performances. And mm-hmm. apparently, white folks back in the nineteen twenties were very short and very small because um, I could not sit in them chairs. Like, <laughs> like I, I started to bend, and my knees literally couldn't bend anymore, and I was still a good three or four inches away from putting my seat into the seat. Oh my god! So after negotiating with the of the state with the manager and coming very close to being ethnic, because John was like, "Please don't, please don't, please don't." <laughs> <laughs> wow! Um, I right. ended up sitting in. We ended up sitting in the uh, in the uh, stairwell where the ushers sit. 
They let mm. us sit there and we saw Hamilton from there. And it was, a, it's a very, very good show. Like, you know, this is like the quote unquote road crew, but they were as good as, if not better in some cases, than the people from the Broadway, original Broadway cast. Like it was- Now, were you singing the songs? I was not singing the songs. Um, Cause I, I, um, I just, I let them do that because I didn't want to, you know, I was already sitting in the, in the um, stairwell. I didn't want to <laughs> <laughs> throw it out completely. But I will say- I'm shocked. I will say it was very odd <laughs> to see a sold out concert of especially was a sold out hip hop concert mm-hmm. that was you know attended by almost Enjoy. entirely all white people. I counted yeah. maybe like a dozen black people, and this is like a good strong five or six thousand people. Yeah, huh. like if interesting. You, like you guys haven't seen Hamilton. I know you have to give your firstborn child and like you know a vial of blood to get a ticket, Ugh. but. Um, <laughs> You know, well, it'll it'll be back next summer, right? Yeah, next May is coming back or something like that. But yeah, I would say go, to get tickets. You won't, you won't miss Junior. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is really that good, though. Like it takes yeah. you know the Revolutionary War and everything, and like the birth of America, and reinterprets it at, through, through like yeah. late nineties, early two thousands hip hop. Yeah, I'll tell you when I first when I first got the soundtrack. Like I was after that, I listened to the whole soundtrack. Like, it literally made me interested in seeing, like, okay, how much of this was actually true? So then I Googled it, and then I would like re- I was reading about Alexander Hamilton while the soundtrack was playing, and uh-huh. I was like, okay, okay, yeah, they just said this. <laughs> so, I mean, it definitely makes you more interested in history, so kudos to you, Lin-Manuel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. living his best life after this thing. He's going to be in Mary Poppins this year. Oh, my God. And he... Uh, does the theme song to the new Magic School Bus on Netflix. Oh, he does? It's not the same? Oh, it does. Yeah, that's him. Like, he he sings it. Like, the re... Because they re... You know, they redid Magic School Bus with... Um, what's with the name? sister. Yeah. Um, From Saturday Night Live. Is that who? Kristen Wiig? Or... Uh, Kate McKinnon. It's Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Yes, yeah. yes. Her, yeah, she's the sister. But yeah, he's... Like, if you listen, it's him singing. I don't know if he... I think it's the same words. But okay. it's definitely... It's him singing, though. Is it the same Don't children? Don't ask me how is I it, know. I may have watched it already. <laughs> is it Dorothy Ann and them still? And Ralphie? It's... Is it the same kids? I feel like they might have different... Do they have different names? I think they, I think they are the same kids, but they, they look a little bit different. Right. Like, I don't... I'm trying to think if there's a Keisha. I know there's a black girl, but I, her name might not be Keisha, though. <laughs> I think it, I okay. I feel this, like it might be different kids, interested. but just almost kind of the same. Okay, but it's good. I didn't think it was gonna be that good, but it's actually pretty good. That is awesome. Okay, so I see. I I'm looking at I'm looking at like images of it, and it looks like as if. All right, so they 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 spruced up the drawings and everything. Yeah. Made it a little different. I updated the sort of the styling of everybody because you know, yeah, it's no longer the it's no longer the nineties. Well, but hey, what, what at least, at least they don't look like them crackhead Scooby Doo kids. I was watching that the other day, and I was like, "Ugh, how can I get through this?" I was like, "I love Scooby Doo, but I'm like, why do y'all look like y'all just did a pound of meth?" <laughs> Whole <laughs> <My God>. uh, <laughs> <old> pound. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I think these are the same. Oh, these are boy. the same. Some of these are the same children. Some of them might be different, but a lot of these I, are okay. the same kids. 
Okay. Okay. So Lightly they just redesigned. Did, that's all. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's definitely him on the theme song though. All right. Cool. Speaking of things that we've been watching, uh, let's talk about some like like let's each pick three sort of kind of topics of things that we've been watching. Um, oh man. Yeah. So um, I'll go ahead and and start off. So the first thing I want to talk about was blind spotting. Now, I hadn't been to the theater all summer, so I missed all the good summer movies. I had to watch, mm-hmm. catch, catch them all at the Dollar Theater on Blu-ray. Literally, I didn't have the time or the money to go to the theater this summer. Right. It was literally like, um, well, I could go or I could keep this stuff in these boxes and not have any clothes to wear to work tomorrow. So <laughs> um, it was always that that balance. But my friend Lisa, my good friend Lisa, uh, she got me to go see Blind Spotting during the week on a Thursday. Because Blind Spotting um, was a limited release from Summit Entertainment. And basically, I think it's out of the theaters already. It was sort of kind of here and it was gone. It only played in Atlanta at the Midtown Art Cinema. Um, but well, Blind- they didn't have a wide release later? And if they get nominated for stuff, they might bring it back. But I think their release, for whatever reason, was super limited. Which I don't understand because oh. the movie... Does it lend itself to limited release like that? It's not. It's not so impenetrable that it should be only playing. Um, yeah, it never got past five hundred thirteen theaters apparently. Oh wow! Yeah, because oh. right. uh, yeah, for for those who don't know, uh, Blind Spotting is written, produced, and starring uh, David Diggs and Raphael Casal. Uh, David Diggs, you um, know, might know from Hamilton, or at least you know him from um, Blackish as Rainbow's younger brother, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Rafael Casal is basically his um, his um, rhyming partner. Uh, the two of them are both rappers, and basically, the movie is a it's a rapsicle. It's not like Hamilton, where it's in where it's like a like a opera, basically end to end music, but. There's musical numbers that take place within the context of the story that are done in rhyme. Some of them are sort of kind of done as like in a joking sort of kind of a way because they're both uh, they're both they work for a moving company. And a lot of their moving involves gentrification, people clearing out old houses so they can buy them and stuff like that. People being moved out of their houses, that sort of thing. Um, and meanwhile, David Diggs is he's um, got three days left on his probation from uh, serving two months in jail for a felony charge. So he's trying to make it through these last couple of days without anything crazy happening because because um, Raphael's character um, is his crazy um, hood white friend who gets him into all sorts of trouble all the time but never goes to jail because... Of course. White. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. And so, like, it's a very, very, very good movie that, like, it's... It does what Tyler Perry wants to do with his movies, where it's both equally what? funny and like equally like tragic and like you know like dark. At very like like within the same scene, you can have gags, and then all of a sudden, some stuff happens. Like oh shit! Mm-hmm. Like it's very very well put together. It's directed by Carlos Lopez Estrada, who directed a whole lot of the like uh, YouTube music videos that um, David and Rafael do. Okay, yeah, I've heard nothing but like great things about it. It's so good. It's a shame that it's sort of kind of getting this limited release because I think it plays very I well to an audience. That on purpose, though. I hope not. It's like they bought it out of Sundance. 
I would hope mm. they did. They wouldn't spend money on this movie just to sort of kind of bury it. What so studio why not promote it? it more though? It's uh, Lionsgate. Oh, okay. The same people who released Tyler Perry's Acrimony. So I mean, right. <laughs> but why not promote it more though? Why, why, why the, why the hush hush? I have no idea, frankly. But I, I feel like I have been hearing about it like long before it came out, and then when it came, like I just, you know, all of Black Twitter was talking. Well, I guess, of course, Black people are talking about it. So I guess maybe that's the thing. Yeah, hopefully, the general populace probably wasn't into it. Yeah, I'm, it's my sincerest hope that when it comes to like, um, you know, what it, um, digital download, I don't know if it'll be on Netflix or whatever. I hope everybody gets to see it. Because I think it's something that people need, especially black men, need to see. Mm. Because like it, like the way that the V's character, whose name is Colin, the way that it sort of kind of go into his inner like thoughts and his fears and insecurities and everything. Because it's like very important how he showed that even though he's a quote unquote felon, um, he is not a bad person at heart. Right. You know, he's still a human being. He's still like, you know, like, and he still has, you know, dreams and desires and things with his life and fears, like crippling fears. Like the police brutality plays a very large part in the plot. Mm. Like, I think everybody should see it. And, um, there's a very funny... There's a cameo from Wayne Knight. I don't know if y'all remember Wayne Knight from the 90s. Wayne He's Knight. in it very briefly. Um, um, big, big round uh, white guy. Uh, no hair on top. Glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to my high school. He did? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe not my high school, but he's from, like, Bartow County. Okay. Up there, yeah. Remember that? From uh, Seinfeld, yeah. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. Tisha Campbell Martin. Is, has a has a cameo as well. Yeah, I was listening really? to I forgot what podcast where um, they were talking about uh, getting her because they were just saying how like they literally had almost no money and they were just like I can't believe she said yes. <laughs> like, how does this happen? Yeah, she, her part isn't that big, but she's really great in her little mm-hmm. part. Uh, but yeah. When it comes to streaming, everybody should see it. I wish I could recommend it while while it's in theaters, but you know it's not anymore. Um, hey, I can't believe. But yeah, I would hope everybody gets a chance to see it. The second thing I want to talk about, so I sort of kind of already mentioned it. Like, what during my unpacking, I sort of kind of went through like a marathon of um, MCU and DCEU movies with audio commentary on if they had it. So. I heard the audio commentary for Civil War, which was awesome to hearing, um, you know, um, uh, the the Russo brothers and um, uh, Chris Marcus and Steve McFeely talking about how they put together Civil War, how, you know, tying everything together and how much of like the, because we know we think of the MCU as being already thought all the way out, but sometimes it's not that quite, it's not that far thought out in advance. So a lot of it sometimes is while they're writing, be able to change things on the fly. Mm. You know, as they're putting the movies together before they actually get out there, come will come here to Atlanta to shoot them. Uh, and then also the idol commentary for Black Panther that was done by uh, Ryan Coogler. You know what I'm saying? From Oakland, <laughs> oh that that man could not code switch to save his life. It is no. awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> it's so, it is so it. wonderful yes, that yes. that that dude made one of the biggest movies of all time. <laughs> 
right? Yeah. And he will, no matter what he does from now on, that will forever be his, his like, that's... That's his calling card. His dude walking yeah. through and say, yo, Chef, I'm Ryan Coogler. I read the Black that's Panther. That's all he has to say. That's, that's all he has to say. <laughs> no, all he has to do is walk into him and cross his, fit, cross his hands across his chest. We're kind of forever. So it's that's him it. and his production designer, Hannah Bachelor talking about how they created the world of Wakanda and how, how so many things changed about the movie, basically. Like, um, like one perfect example of a thing that changed, like, and you, they had deleted scenes on the disc that they could have fit into the movie, but the movie would have ran to two hours, two and a half hours. And I'm sure that, that that's probably what the issue was. Like, there's well, a really good... I DVD to see if they got that on here. <laughs> yeah. Which I haven't even taken out the plastic. I think I'm... <laughs> I bought two. Wait, Brandon, one is Brandon, the plastic. Point, what happened, Brandon? At this point, it, it can only be bought like on Blu-ray and digital, right? Wait, no, and, and in 4K. What, what do you mean? No, I'm I just have, saying. I have DVDs. I don't have. Also, you, oh. also you can. So it's also sold in just regular DVDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can buy a regular oh, okay. DVD. Yeah. All right. I, I, I've, I can't remember how far we've come in terms of just like, you know, like after a while we're going to start. I, I am sure after a while we're going to start not producing stuff in regular DVD format, right? Yeah, we'll actually talk about Ugh. that. That's actually part of our See, discussion that we'll have later today. I went through this when I had to switch from VHS. had to buy all my movies over <laughs> yes. here. Yes. Although yes. with Blu-ray, you can still play D- regular DVDs, but you can't do it the other way around. Right. right? This is true. Okay, so I'm saved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But now I'm mad because I don't think this DVD has any. I don't see nothing on here about my bonus features. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, shouldn't. Oh, is, is it only Blu rays Brandon to come with? Um, Probably. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes they will not put the special features on a DVD copy. They'll just put the movie. <laughs> okay. Because, yeah, there's a, like, a deleted scene that's like a. That's um, in the palace after Killmonger takes over. It's Wakabi and. Uh, Okoye. Okoye arguing by themselves. Oh, yeah. I saw a snippet of that somewhere. Yeah, because they released that online. Yeah. And yeah. it's David, um, Daniel Kaluuya's uh, best scene in the movie that unfortunately didn't make it in the movie. He is acting because they because he's trying to go head to head with Denai Guerrero and, he, and she's bringing it out of him. They are having a argument, a serious argument about See, that would have really helped, even though I know it would have made the movie overly long, but it would have really helped to cement the fact that these two are married. Right. Well, you know, I was prepared to sit there for four hours. So. <laughs> they, could, they could have put every single frame in listen, there. Listen, listen. With with this, the costumes that people brought, they were just like, hey, if it means more hours of people getting to see me look my best, <laughs> okay. hey, I'm just going to sit here and just, <laughs> just take exactly. it all in. Yeah, so that was the good. The bad was I also rewatched um, Suicide Squad, Justice League, and BBS. I've never seen Suicide Squad. Were you Don't. upset? I was very upset. Isn't it on... Um... Is it on HBO? It's probably on HBO. Is it one? Yeah, by now it's Warner Brothers. Be. But yeah, like, I think it is. I just haven't watched it yet because I'm like everybody's. It's terrible. <laughs> it's absolutely terrible. Like rewatching it made me mad all over again. It's so bad. Wait, though, which one are you talking about, Brandon? Right Su- now? Well, all of them, Su- but Suicide Squad in particular. Because I, I had think to, Suicide I, Squad is. If you had to rank them, Brandon, how would you rank the them in terms of their the quality, the three of these? Oh, in terms of the quality and putting aside my feelings about the depiction of Superman in these movies, Suicide Squad mm-hmm. is the worst of them. Um, okay. It's essentially a video game playthrough of them trying to save um, Amanda Waller from the building. And the problem okay. is that there's, there, the characterizations 
and everything. Like, it doesn't try even try, attempt to tell a story. It's basically all action. It's very thin plot. The acting is not good. Cara Delevingne and her um, wavy inflatable man dance that she does as the Enchantress is a mess. Um, so much of the movie is shot in, at night with no fill light, so everything is so dark. Just even darkness, in the theater, darkness, yeah, even darkness. in the theater, it was dark because you know got people wearing dark costumes in a dark area. You aren't properly giving them like like good lighting or anything. It's like, well, how am I supposed to see any of this? Yeah, that's why a lot of this movie for me when I went to see in the theater after. Like I'm trying to remember it, and it's it's a lot of it is just a blur. It, yeah, yeah, right because now. it was just and also it's just very dark. The mm. company who put together the trailer was allowed to re-edit the movie themselves and to request what? yes, and you to, can't do that. <laughs> and they also <laughs> requested their own reshoots. So the movie, yeah. as it stands, opens up basically with like all these like uh, dossier files of all the supervillains they're going to put on the Suicide Squad with text on the screen and everything. All these big bright motion graphics and stuff. But, it was a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. But then it turns into like where you can tell the, the parts that David Ayer shot himself because basically Amanda Waller just introduced twice. Harley Quinn introduced twice. Will's Pippa's dead shot introduced twice. And it's like, it's such sloppy like storytelling. Wow. Just a complete mess. BVS, I've already screamed about enough on this podcast every time it comes up about how dark it is, how terrible it is, how Luthor, how Jesse Eisberg's Luthor is is just awful and ridiculous. And funny thing is, because <laughs> Mark Strong is playing Savannah in Shazam and Eisenberg is playing Luthor, if they reversed parts, everybody probably would have been happier. <laughs> because Savannah can be loopy and weird like that, but not Luthor. Mm. But well, didn't they say in that movie that that um, he's Jesse Luthor Junior. He's playing his son, not his. Yeah, but um, Luthor Junior in the comics is Luthor uh-huh. in a cloned body. Okay, I see. If they explained that he was in a cloned body, he was sort of kind of mal- malfunctioning. I had forgave them. None of that ever okay. came up. <laughs> All right, I see. Yeah, because I was going to say that if you just left it like if if you said if you said that oh this is just a clone this is still a terrible idea because if he's a clone then he should be acting like the father right well, well no no the whole father. thing was that he was trying to pretend he was the son in the comics he was he was trying he 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 developed an Australian accent he had long red hair and a ponytail and he was like jacked so nobody suspected okay. that he was actually Les Luthor in a cloned body okay well. Hey, <laughs> and then there was yeah. the monstrosity that was Justice League. Um, mm. That was so awful. I went back to our episode to try to figure out how I felt about it when we saw it. I just, the episode is me screaming for two hours, <laughs> <laughs> and, and Kareem being like, "Well, I kind of liked it," and being like, "No, you can't like it." <laughs> yeah, Kareem was like the only positive for them. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, mm. I remember the trio get you gave it a D. As, yeah. as, 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 as Kareem was like, B? And I was like, no, she said D, motherfucking D. <laughs> right. Like Radio Raheem. <laughs> and then don't go spend your money on it. Wow. And then rewatching it, the reshoot, reshoots were obviously me in the theater, but they're even more obvious on like home media. Because yes. like you see Barry Allen's hairline change. You see Gal Gadot's wig change. You also see her try to act better in the reshoots. You learn to act some time wow. between when they shot the main part and when they did the reshoots. Her you see what happens when you, when you go rewatch a movie? You start seeing all the stuff. Yes. 
Like, you see, you know, Superman's lip. Everybody talks about Superman's lip. But, like, even as bad as it was, that was the least of my worries. It was the everything now, that's, else. That's still, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> tell with that. Oh, I could tell because, like... So maybe I just don't have a trained eye. But, I, like, even when I watched the second time, I was, like, purposely, like, focused on his lip <laughs> to see if I could tell. And I was like, okay, I can't tell. They made Henry Cavill look ugly. That's sort of kind of how I yeah, he he looked like something. Something was you like even if you weren't even if you weren't aware, you just mm-hmm. knew that something was going on at that lip. Something something a little off is going on yeah. at that lip. Yep, and then all them PlayStation CGI graphics. Oh my like, god! This is what happens. You cannot put together a movie in five months like this. No. Not this movie. You cannot do it. It's not. It, it is not to be done. They were worried about their bonuses. Now the shit flopped and they're really worried about their bonuses. They, they all, all them lost their jobs. They all got replaced, except for Kevin Sushihara. Mm. He still has his job as CEO. But the entire like underlying like staff, executive staff of like Warner Brothers Pictures has been changed over since then. Wow. Which is good. Yeah. Cause I mean Steppenwolf looked so bad. <sighs> My goodness. Ew. That was just he moved like horrible. Gumby. Yeah. <laughs> this is, it was so bad. <laughs> and the, the third like, thing oh, I want to talk about, it just this mm-hmm. actually is a comic thing. So um uh, Tim, who's been on the show before, shout out to Tim. He because like I'm I'm often posting like um like uh scans from old um Captain Marvel Shazam comics. And he's like, mm-hmm. Do you actually do you have any of these? Because like, I have like all digital like versions of it. And like, no, I don't actually have any physical ones. He's like, you should get some before the movie comes out. And they're like $200 each. I was like, that's a good idea. So I went and I bought two physical copies of Captain Marvel Adventures number 113 and number 137. Um, they were both um, $30 or under. And mm-hmm. so they, I got them. They're really both two really awesome issues um, that whenever they reprint them, they don't... I don't know who they have in charge at DC of their reprint program, but whoever it is... The, they try to redraw the frames and it just does not look good. The people, I think Archie is the main company, a comic book company who knows what to do with their back issues, how to restore them properly. Because Archie, you know, you open up an Archie book at the grocery store and there'll be like two stories from 1947 in there and they look mm-hmm. just fine next to the new ones they just did yesterday. Right. Not so with DC. But like actually having the physical books is really awesome and sort of kind of, you know, and... Like, you know, like, and that is apparently the Captain Marvel Shazam they're going for, like, the sort of kind of, like, goofy, like, 1940s, 50s version where, you know, talking tigers and talking worms and things weren't out of place. Uh, We'll see. Hopefully that translates well to the screen and, well, hopefully. Uh, But, yeah, so that was my three things. Uh, Latria, what about you? Okay. Um, Is it just movies? Movies, TV, books. Music, uh, books, music. Not read anything. Um, movies. I, like you, I also rewatched Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for your loss of time. Was as equally as disappointed because it was just on, and I was like, you know what? I'll watch it again. Let's just. I'll have it on in the background, and then I ended up paying attention to it. And I was like, oh, yeah, no. All of my original thoughts were the same. Dressed like a bat. I dig it. Like, I was excited to see Cyborg, but as soon as they showed his full body, I was like, no. <laughs> I, I didn't notice it before, like, but are, I noticed the floating head. Why are his hit. shoulders so broad? And then his legs are like toothpicks. Spindly. Like, yeah. What? 
that does not make sense. And you know the funny part about that is that at the, towards the end of the movie, after the climax, they show him um, basically acquiring this the body that we're more familiar with. Yeah. But by that time, it's too late. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can really leave now. Yeah, I'm trying to leave. Uh-oh. I'm trying to get my stuff together. Right. If I get it together, then I can leave faster. Right. Um. I also finally watched Deadpool because remember I told you I hadn't seen it yet. Okay, this is the first one. one. The first one. Yeah, it was on. Okay. F- it was last week actually, um, or week before last. Um. I probably need to watch it again because I started, like I just had it on, and I wasn't like I would go in and out and paying attention to it. So I missed, and I was so mad because I missed the whole part where I guess, I don't know what happened. Like he ended up, I saw where he was literally like packing his stuff and leaving, but I couldn't tell if he told his girlfriend or because he was saying something about some experimental treatment. I guess he had cancer or something. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So did she know he was leaving or he just left in the middle of the night? Because I missed that whole Part. I need to rewatch it, but if I because recall, the next time it. I started paying attention is when he was already kind of disfigured, and I was like, "Dang yeah. it!" <laughs> if I recall yeah, properly, he get he goes under for the treatment, and then you know they keep him for like months while they're trying to experiment on him and figure right. out if they can trigger his his um mutation, which they do, but also it scars him like horribly at the same time. Right, and is he immortal? Right. I guess effectively, es- he essentially, is. essentially, yes. Okay. He's, Deadpool is a very special kind of character in the Marvel universe. He, the reason why he, the reason why he's able to do stuff like you saw in the movie, like break the fourth wall all the time, mm-hmm. is is because he's a he's a giant gag character. He will literally oh, yeah. in comic books show up at random and mess with people in their own comic books, basically because he's very self aware. He knows he's not. Real, he knows he's a fictional character right. in the comic book universe, and so he will play. He uses that. That is the strength of his comic books. Is that you just have to. That's why when you would start to ask about like, you know, like is it, you know, where along the timeline does this happen? I was about to tell you, none of that really matters. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about all that. Right. Don't, don't. This is not a movie where you start wondering about like no, don't worry about it. The point yeah. is. <laughs> is that he had cancer, you know, mm-hmm. they, they experimented on him, they triggered a mutation that basically allows him to heal himself um a, a infinite number of times no matter what happens. It's just it's just that mm-hmm. he scarred because the mutation happened after the scarring. Right. So I was about to say, like, to why can't he heal the scarring then? But you just Yeah. So that's why he reverts back to that version of himself, um, gotcha. you know, when he's all done. But all you need to know is that that's the thing, and he's a um, essentially like a mercenary type mm-hmm. of character. He goes out and he does. He's he's a gun for hire. Which <laughs> he kind of reminded me of. Oh Lord, what's that show on Netflix with the girl? Um, Chris with Kristen Ritter. What's the? Oh, um, um, uh, oh, uh, Jessica Jones. Yeah, so kind of like her, but he, but he actually is like okay with what he does. She was just like doing it reluctantly. Yeah, yeah, he's doing it because of plot, and, and he he's was, having fun doing it. <laughs> yeah, he's doing it because of plot, and he's he'll tell you he's doing it because of plot because yeah. again he knows he's a comic book character. Yeah, so, I did like the comment, yeah. and actually, I really love Ron Reynolds. Oh yeah, he was made for role. that role. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, he was a really big part in that movie getting made the way it was. Like he fought, yeah, he, he was in that a bunch a of times. Money. Did he produce it? Is he? Yes, like he did. I believe so. Yes, he did. He produced yeah. it. Yeah. He really wanted it, and people, people were kind of a lot of people were kind of like, "Oh, I hope it does. I hope it doesn't suck." And then, man, that movie made gangbusters. Yes, it did. Yeah. In well, number February. one, he was already buff, so you didn't have to worry about that. Right. And he's funny, so. He has good comedic timing. Exactly. Yeah, the writing on that movie was pretty good. Yeah. So my third one, um, I saw Sorry to Bother You. I think that's actually the last movie I saw at the theaters. Yeah. Um, So Sorry to Bother You, I've heard like the entire gamut of reactions to how did you like it? uh, Well... The lady that invited me, because she had screening passes, she literally turned to me and was like, what the hell? (laughs) Wow. At the end, they were just like, oh, okay. And I was just like, you know what? This might be too deep for me because I think it just all went over my head. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what Boots Riley is doing at home in his spare time, but... Drugs. Yeah, and I'm not, even, I'm not even being um, hyperbolic about it. He's definitely, he's like, he's like, you know, he's one of those like really out there sort of kind of, you know. Yeah, I because I had no clue who he was. I didn't know anything about his work. And so after the movie, time I got home, I was like Googling like, okay, who is he? What has he done? Okay, he used to be in some kind of group. Yeah, he was a rapper. I was like, oh, okay. So he's like peak 70s. Like that's basically what he is. Yeah. And then like his whole, but it was very... Was very out there, very out. There. It wasn't bad. It was just kind of like, uh, like okay, I don't think this is necessarily a movie for me. But it was also so, it was so intense, like with the the weird parts, that it was at times just kind of maybe kind of uncomfortable. I don't know. Mm. And that the the plot twist was, um, you just had to. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'll check it I would out. Have, I would have never guessed. Yeah, I want to see that and Black um, Klansman, even if Boots Riley doesn't yeah. want me to see Black Klansman. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, like, I understand that, his... Did you see Spike, Spike responded? I didn't see what his response was. He, he responded by not responding, basically saying that I don't want to get into an argument with, um, with Boots believe, Riley. I can't believe. But he, he did say he doesn't feel like our police officers are inherently evil because if it has the case, you know, like, you couldn't trust anybody to protect you, basically. So, like, and also because, because Boots Riley's thing was that he, his, like, he comes from a family of basically of, of um, black revolutionaries, more or less. Right. And the guy who's like the main character in um, Black Klansman was also like a CIA undercover operative who infiltrated his group. Mm. At, at, but then that guy came out and was like, dude is a dumbass. Like, he was. Like basically, kind of like keep my name out your mouth. Yeah, type thing. So I was like, who is telling the truth here? I, yeah. I mean, I think they all are, but I, also part of yeah. the thing is that Boots Riley doesn't seem to realize that with sorry to bother you, he's sort of kind of at the point where he can't go onto Twitter and argue mm-hmm. with people, especially because most people who's arguing with were women. He was trying to like shout down and everything and stuff, yeah. and it just it looked really, really bad. Yeah, because he it was somebody who kind of criticized his movie and he kind of basically got into like a little Twitter argument with. Yeah, I think he wrote a whole essay about why they shouldn't criticize his movie at one point. What is up with him in these essays? Because the one he wrote about Spike, I was like, dude, how many pages in your notes is this? I, 
Like, like I was expecting it to be like a little paragraph. I kept, I was yeah, like, I kept reading through. I was he like, wrote a dissertation. Okay, I need to find like the keywords to this and then skim and scan like they taught us in elementary school because I don't know if I'm able to. But I'm just like, aren't you still in the promo circuit for your own movie to have to sit down and like, right. take, take the time to literally list like thousands of words of why you didn't like this movie? Yeah, because I mean, and his main his main thing about it, like it wasn't all the way true. And I'm like, well, no movie that's based on a true story is, is. all the way. Yeah, you have to add some like dramatic effect to it. You have to. Nobody's yeah. well, very few people's lives match up to the three act structure of a two hour movie. Right. You ha- you end up adding characters, taking characters away, like like fusing events together. Like mm-hmm. I tell everybody, Tina Turner never had a best friend named Jackie. <laughs> She didn't. <laughs> Wait, was she never told eat the cake? I don't know if she ever told eat the cake, but like I'm, but it, we, you know, I abuse, but I did actually did never did rape her. It is a rape scene in the movie. So they made me sit through. Are you kidding me? Wait, hold on. You said that Ike. You said that um. No, that t- Tina, Turner... Tina admits that Ike Turner never raped her. Cause that scene, yeah, oh, that, that like glass studio, yeah, 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 in the middle in the, of the, in the glass booth, yeah. <gasps> that was invented for the film because what Tina said was Why? that being Why? married to Ike felt like rape because she was psychologically, verbally, and physically Ugh. abused, but not sexually abused. But you know, it, when it, in making the movie, you know, they oh wanted to make sh- they wanted to push the point of Sweet. Ike as the villain, so they invented a rape scene. That is, okay. see, I got so a problem that, with that. That was like mm. that's way too intense. Yeah, because wow. because uh, wow. because. Though I don't condone either of these things, maybe physical, mental uh, abuse and as, right. as well, definitely not rape. I feel like when you see, when you paint somebody, because people, you know, people already when they're watching a movie, right? A real life person as a rapist. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's why I wrote- that person's whole being, right. and from then on, everybody just assumes that guy. No matter what he does, I will always remember him as the guy who raped Tina Turner. I know, oh I know that you know it. You may, even though you might know, okay, that he's not really a rapist, but that image is still very fresh. That's yeah. like the the I, first thing I think of when I think of the movie is like, yeah, like one of the top three things, and I'm just like, oh, I can't. When that part gets on, I gotta fast forward. Like I can't watch. The, oh my god, that's so unnecessary. Why do I didn't need to see that? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't think anything in Black Klansman is that far from like the truth like that, but. That's yeah. why Ike wrote his own book and all that kind of stuff like that. You know, like, but I mean, it's a movie. Mm. The whole point, they say at the end of every one of these movies that this story is based on true events. However, the characters, events, and things like that may be fictitious, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's mm. it's not a documentary. Yeah. That's why I always say if you like a like, like a movie about somebody, if you like 12 Years a Slave, if you like the Tina Turner thing, find the documentary or the book that goes with it and read what actually happened. Yeah, if I was the director, though, I still would have thought of another creative way to go about displaying Ike's abusive um, tendencies other than rape. Rape is a rape is a line that you have to be very careful about because there are some people out here who are who are really that who are really being physically abused in that way, and yeah. you don't want to. And that sort of sort of label on a on a person who hasn't actually done the act. It's very serious. Very so. dangerous. Yeah, I would caution people to, you know, yeah, don't don't just go. It's the same way you don't just go around crying wolf. Same way, just yeah, be, right. be careful about that. Right. Okay, uh, Ali. 
Right. So um, for me, I broke it up into my the things that I've watched on TV and the things that I watched in terms of movies. Um, for movies, um, I watched um, just I just want to point out uh, three things that I watched. I watched um, Incredibles two. Oh, I haven't seen it. Um, it is very good. It is very much Helen Parr's movie um, because it's, yeah. it's 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 it just it feels, which is funny because I wouldn't even really say the first movie was more Bob because mm-hmm. Helen had a lot to do in the first movie. Yeah, but but she man, they really worked on her. This movie. Let me just put it out there. First of all, the movie looks great. The way they've upgraded all the character models, all of them, they look a lot more lifelike. And uh, uh, many people online went online and they 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 did freeze frames of the characters from the first movie and the second movie to show you how much different right. um, their character models look. and it, it just look it's beautiful. Um, but no, that that's all the way. There isn't as much to get out of this movie as you would in the first movie. Did they do um, a lot with Jack Jack? Yes, they did a lot with Jack Jack. Okay. That's all <laughs> I'm concerned Jack. about. <laughs> yeah, for me personally, there's just a couple of things that I just need to check off the list. I need to see more Jack Jack. I'm sorry, at the end of the mm-hmm. first movie, I was like, um, I need more of that. <laughs> right. So they did they did a lot more of that. They they um had an a villain that had um, questionable motives for doing what they wanted to do. Um, they introduced uh, several more heroes um, besides just the core um, family. Um, Frozone is back, which is great. And his wife, even though you don't see her, but she had... <laughs> she you better had be some, back ASAP! Some, she, <laughs> yeah, she had some... some, some um, some pointed things to say about him just going on and, and gallivanting around the place being a hero. <laughs> so she was a whole black woman. <laughs> um, yeah, but, and then of course the kids, you know, they're featured as well. And, but yeah, in terms of just like, you know how when you went to Incredibles, the first movie, you felt, man, this is like, it just, there's something, something broke. They just broke a ceiling or something. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel that way this time. Um, again, it's more or less the, the same sort of things that are going on. But I encourage people to watch it because it's a beautifully animated movie. So, yeah. So that's Incredibles 2. Um, then there's uh, Deadpool 2. Um, I saw that. Um, my God. Usually sequels, um, you're just like, okay, if you saw Deadpool one, you're like, I don't really know where this would, where this would go because there isn't much of a like a end credit scene for Deadpool, right? You know, in terms of just okay, and now you're waiting for this. So it was more or less, what are we really gonna get here? Um, he did tease Cable at the end of his first movie. Cable is a is a time traveling um, character, son of and, um, of Cyclops and Jean. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Cyclops Cable and who? Jean Grey. Jean. What? Yeah. Oh wait. So okay, that's the one. Is that one of the X Men? Like, yeah. Yes. Both, um, with the with the red. Yeah, the red hair. Um, yes. I've like got you know, what? I'm thinking of like Cyclops back in the cartoon, like the one eye, and I was just like, oh, Gene. No, the Cyclops Summers okay. with the um, he has like the um, the visor, the visor, because he has yeah. like yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yep. Gotcha. 
Yeah. So um, yeah. So Scott and and Jean's son, basically from the future, mm-hmm. um, enters the fray into in this um, Deadpool two movie. And as you can imagine, Latria, from what you saw, again, more breaking of the fourth wall. Yeah. More of Deadpool talking to you, the audience. More yeah. of pop culture references. More of Deadpool pointing out how how all the characters are are here because plot. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? The only thing I was like, dang, I wish I had seen this on like like HBO or something because you could tell when they overdubbed where he was cursing. And I was like, Ugh, oh yeah, you gotta, not, see, oh, yeah. you gotta oh, see, you gotta see it. It's not the same. I know what yeah. f word you were saying. <laughs> yeah, it's. Definitely rated. Is it M A or R, Brandon? R. Is it just R? R. M A is TV. Okay, it's just R. Yeah. So I need okay. to see like the so, yeah. unrated version. So it's <laughs> it's it's super um out there, but it's it's a pretty cool movie because you see cameos from so that you didn't expect to see cameos from. I will not spoil. And um yeah, the action they got a much bigger budget, so the mm-hmm. action is even more ballsier and crazy. Zazie beats is everything. <laughs> she's awesome in this movie um, and yeah I had everybody had a really really good time so that was Deadpool 2 and then I rounded off movies with Ant-Man and the Wasp um, this is post oh. this is this is pre-Infinity War so <laughs> so the snap the snap doesn't happen yeah. <laughs> the snap doesn't happen throughout this throughout the, the, the this movie and so yeah, you get to see what was happening with um, with Ant Man, um, you know, before all of the craziness um, of Infinity War. Um, mm, nothing too spectacular, nothing um, that will make your jaw drop. Nothing that you have to call home about. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing that you tell friends, hey, you need to see this movie too. Um, but it was still enjoyable. Um, everybody wanted. Everybody wanted. And I forgot her name. Um, the the actress who's playing Wasp, uh, Evangeline um, Lilly. Yes, mm-hmm. Evangeline Lilly, which is crazy because I remember Evangeline Lilly from Lost, the ABC TV show, years mm-hmm. and years ago, right? And so everybody wanted her to be in a suit in the first movie. And there you go, you get your wish. She's in a suit. And spoilers, she's more awesome, <laughs> yeah. which is actually what was on, which is on purpose because, you know, um, uh, I believe his name is Scott. The character's name is Scott, who's playing Ant-Man. He's, he's supposed to be bumbling and he's not science He's not that guy, right? Whereas Evangeline yeah. Lily, she's that character. She's got the science, the brains, the looks, the athleticism. Mm-hmm. She was made for these suits. Right, and so she she really gets her a chance to quote unquote spread her wings, um, yeah. and so this is a really good movie, cool. and Michelle Pfeiffer shows up. Oh, is Michael Douglas in it? Yes. Still? Yep, he's still there. So yeah, so um, I thought that was a that was a pretty good movie. All right, now for um, this TV, I have three things that I watched. Um, pretty much, well, actually, no, just two things that I watched. Um, one of the big things I went back and because everybody throughout the entirety of spring was singing all these praises about how Asians of S.H.I.E.L.D. has gotten so much better. So I was like, <laughs> well, has it though? So, <laughs> so I sat down and I watched seasons four and five. Um, seasons four was, season four was Ghost Rider. 
um, for a, a third of it. And then uh, the, the second part of the season, they introduced um, clones. And in the third part of the season, they introduced something called the framework, which is this 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 sort of um, this sort of virtual virtual reality planescape that all the characters found themselves trapped in. Right, the Matrix. And yeah, and I was like, this fourth season, wow, blew my mind. So now I understand what everyone was talking about, how it just got better. Yes, uh, uh, the Agents of Shield got way, way better, way better than it should be. So yeah, I watched all of season four. It was great. And then season five was space. <laughs> <laughs> and that was awesome too. Uh, again, I was like, wow. Um, they introduced uh, the Cree the um, characters, which we'll see more of with Captain Marvel next yeah. year. So that was pretty cool. And uh, so yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, still, still, pretty, still pretty good. Yeah. Um, then th- there's this other show that I started. I um I started watching, which I thought was was really good. It's kind of out there for everybody who's in America, but it's called Kim's Convenience. <gasps> you know, I saw that on Netflix, and I was like, "What's this about?" I keep, I ke- I almost watched it like a couple of times, but I haven't yet. But. So I'm trying to think of a TV show in America that. Okay, so Kim's, Kim's Convenience is a Canadian show. Um, it came to Netflix, mm-hmm. and so I started watching it. Um, Kim's Convenience is basically a a very local TV show about a um, a Korean, a South Korean um, immigrant family who own a convenience store in a neighborhood in Toronto, Canada, and it's basically just the the shenanigans of of being of the foreign parents and the first generation kids mm-hmm. basically you know so the parents are very hard set in their ways right as as you know being asian um asian canadian um you know owning a store and dealing with all the local people in the area because the local people are very diverse you know you got some you know a lot of black folks you got a lot of um uh, several uh, Mr. Kim, who owns the store, you know, he ha- mm-hmm. he's friends with um, this Indian um, business owner who owns a restaurant down the street and yeah. another one of his Korean friends who owns multiple businesses in the area. You know, they're also, because it's a Korean show, um, I don't know if you guys know, but Christianity is a big deal in mm-hmm. um, South Korea. And so, you know, the mother, she's very much into the church. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and just like, it's funny because they have a, they have their own version of of black church drama. Oh, <laughs> and it's Korean church drama, mm-hmm. which I, I didn't even know was a thing. And I just, I love it, right? And then, of course, you got the kids. Um, they've got two kids, um, you know, um, a son and a daughter. The daughter is younger. She's just about to enter college. Her name is Janet. And it's Janet interacting with her friends. And she, even though... She is. Um, she tries to step out of just being seen as the Korean girl. She still encounters. It's it's her way of encountering uh, things like um, a bit of racism and and just dealing with mm-hmm. you know her culture and and how she's embracing more of the the 
North American sort of style of doing things and whatnot. It's interesting. Also, they have the son. The son is actually estranged from the rest of the family. Uh, something in the plot happens before the actual um, show starts, and the son has essentially left home and is estranged from the father. Mm. So the son, the son's name is Jung, and he is he works at a um, sort of a car rental company. And it's him and his best friend, Kimchi, um, and their little shenanigans and their little adventures on the side as, you know, he learns to be on his own and independent away from the father. And it's part of the show is them trying to um, figure out a way to reconcile their differences. So, yeah, it's a very good show, um, you know. For for those of us who who are trying to step out of just the regular stuff we see on TV, well, there you go. Um, and of yeah. course, it's great for the the um, the Asian population and just just sort of that more of that identity building, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times you don't see um, Asians prominently featured on TV shows. You have Fresh Off the Boat over here, right? Right. Um, but but you know. We need more of that because <laughs> exactly. these this window into the lives of a, a different um, ethnicity it, it's very crucial for just mm-hmm. expanding our minds and becoming more worldly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely want to check it out. I've been like every time I get on Netflix, I see it and I'm like, okay, one of these days I'm going to sit down and watch this. Did you watch the whole all the episodes? I watched. So there are two seasons, and I've watched all of two seasons. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah, I definitely want to check out. Speaking of Asian representation, uh, Crazy Rich Rich Asians. Oh, I heard that movie. Yeah, I heard that movie too. is just really, really, really good. And I heard that it it will make you cry. Yeah, I heard so that. So I'm also I'm also like, what make me cry? Yeah, I'm ready to see all the opulence. Like that's what I'm man, ready to see. Man, a so. level of wealth that I just will never know. Yes, uh, listen, I, I, I was spoiling one, just one little scene. One little scene that's at the beginning of the movie and it sets the tone for the rest of the movie. You need to understand what opulence is from the get-go. Right. <laughs> and that one little scene and I was like, okay, I understand now. Yep. All right. Let's go ahead on into news. And for the new format, all the news is Wait. basically the court. Cool. What Hey, Brandon. Oh, can I take a potty break real quick? Oh, no. You're, you're, you're good. Hold on. <laughs> I, I don't want people to notice. <laughs> right. Yeah, just, yeah. just, just, um, just uh, you can turn mute your microphone and then come back when you're back. Do I mute it in Zoom? Yeah, you can mute it in Zoom. Okay. I'll be back. All righty. All right. Let's go ahead on to news right quick. Right. And since Latria is um, going quick, I'll rearrange the order what we cover first. Uh, okay. Oh, my mother just sent me a message because I I sent her pictures of the of the side light windows of uh-huh. the entrance, and she was like, "Ooh, you have good taste." <sighs> I guess that's what happens when you come from me. And I was like, "Okay." Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> so to your own hall, wouldn't you? So we'll start with this one. Uh, Zendaya. Well, let me let me let me, let me back it up. So. Uh, Disney, as you may know, are they're remaking everything into live action. All That's their true. animated yep. classics are being remade into live action versions, uh, right. both for theatrical release and as content for the streaming service they have coming out in 2019, which they don't have a name for yet, but you know we know it's coming. Uh, 
Um, to that end, Zendaya has, has allegedly, rumor has it, rumor has it, been offered the lead in a remake of The Little Mermaid. Now, Chloe Grace Moretz, right. I believe they're filming it already, is starring in uh, Little Mermaid live action movie for Universal Pictures. But this, is, of course, is Disney's with all the songs that everybody knows from the 1989 classic version. Um, so they want Zendaya to, allegedly, they want Zendaya. But, you know, they're, off, they're offering parts of me she's being cast or anything or they're actually going into production. Just that the rumor is that, that she's coming for a meeting to possibly star in the movie. I'm back. Okay, there you are. Uh, we're talking about uh, Zendaya being uh, um, possibly offered the lead in Little Mermaid. I'm all for it. Let the haters hate. I mean, yeah. I'm totally all for it too, but you know, listen, if this is the start of the race war, <laughs> right? Because um, the thing is, they've cast Tessa Thompson to play the voice of Lady in their remake of Lady and the Tramp for the streaming service. And right. um, esteemed YouTube movie reviewer Grace Randolph, Ken- Kendrick's best friend, uh, <laughs> I need for you to put I need for you to put quotes around esteemed, please. <laughs> uh, she she went off talking about how why are we blackwashing Lady and the Tramp? I'm like, she a dog. Well, then she needs to realize the like hundreds of uh, characters that Cree Summers has played. She'd be like, wait, this is a black woman. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, like well, she's she's talking about voice acting. <laughs> So that lady has done every cartoon available. Yeah, yeah and white and characters and black cartoon. characters combined. Yes. Like she was, she was Penny, um, Spectre Gadget's niece. That was her first mm-hmm. part. Telling you, so many times you watch a cartoon and you don't think of who is the voice behind the cartoon, and then when you find the actual actress or actor doing the voice, you're shocked. But then, yeah. does that take away from the cartoon that you were watching? No. Mm. It doesn't. Kevin Michael Richardson, for example, he's a big, tall, oh my God. wide black dude. He did yep. the voice of Barney Rubble for a while, who is a short, tiny white guy for the Flintstones. Wait, what? Yeah, like in like the around, around like the turn of the century, he was the voice of Barney Rubble. Uh-huh. What's his name again? Kevin Michael Richardson. Kevin Michael Richardson. Otherwise, he's the voice of every big black character that you see in a movie in a, or in a cartoon every show. Every single one. Oh. <laughs> like he did a lot of work Wait, on the Boondocks. Isn't he, wasn't he playing um, in... Lilo in, and Stitch. Uh, yeah, but what about... Um, remember, was the spinoff from Family Guy? The Clevelands? Yeah, he's, he the, he's the voice around? of Cleveland Jr., yes. Yeah, he's the son. Yeah. Daddy, will oh. you wipe me? He's that guy. <laughs> wow, he has done a lot. Oh, he was some proud yeah. family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. There's no way you could get proud family without putting him. Somehow, you have to figure out a way to put him in that, <laughs> in that show. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't get the controversy over putting. Yeah. I don't even get the controversy with Zendaya. I mean, Listen. Just because she was white in 1989 doesn't mean she can't be brown, you know, because Zendaya is right. she's biracial. I'm in 2019 when this comes out. And plus, this is this is revenge for um the, that stupid lyric about the black fish um singing and then showing a fish that is the color of my <laughs> um, computer monitor. Right. Sitting there going, ah, like a fake Aretha Franklin. Yeah. But somebody on Twitter was like, so. 
you you know you have a problem with you know Zendaya being cast, but this is a mermaid that doesn't even actually exist. Like, right. It's not, so mermaids aren't even real, but you don't have a problem with that. But you have a problem look, with being like, well, we're gonna have this black woman play her. Latria is completely right. What about <laughs> what about Ariel is specific to a race? Like, right. what about her life? What about her the the things that go on with her? her life experiences, what about that is influenced specifically by one particular But race? Ali, I can't relate to her. I can't find her attention. She's a negress. <laughs> how, am I supposed to, how am I supposed to look at her and feel sexual? <laughs> Whatever. Says the crazy person on the internet who finds Ariel Lemay fucking attractive, which... Mm. <laughs> so what, a, a black woman can't be a, a, a underwater princess? Yeah, I, I just I just don't get it. Black so people can't that, swim. How's it supposed to? Oh, you're right. Yeah, throws me off completely. <laughs> like, here's the other thing too. Is like, now you have to wonder. Okay, how exactly are they going to draw? Well, no, they, she's no she's live, live action. action. She's live action. All they gotta do is get get get, them, get some fake seashells <laughs> and uh, um and a fake fin. And put and put and and she got put it on in the morning at, at six o'clock in the morning and get into the pool, she'd be fine. Yeah, nobody, nobody's gonna be hung up about that. Um, all that matters right now is that everybody else who's associated with her in terms of family, so like mm-hmm. her father, the, he's gonna have to be a, I assume, a person of color, right? Well, either well, one parent's gonna be. Uh, we'll figure out which her one. Because, you know, the mom is dead, yeah. so, you know, they might yeah, so take just the mom play, to black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just play off of that. She's a mixed-race woman in real life, and so she would have um, in, an interracial um, parentage. Just like Aquaman. So just just make it be a thing. Yeah, um, I wonder how they're going to uh, do it. I was thinking about how. I was no, like, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is the mom. I was like, oh, wait a minute, this is Disney, okay. Yeah. So they'll, ha- they'll handle it properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other thing is too, it's like Ariel's story in in, in the Ariel story has nothing to do with her race. It doesn't matter, you know. Ariel She's has a freaking mermaid. father. Right. She wants to see the. She wants to see land. She wants to do all the things that land people do. She wants to fall in love and. Voila, she gets involved with a, a meddlesome witch who just wants beautiful a beautiful voice. I mean. Mm-hmm. Nothing has nothing in that has anything to do with her being black, white, Asian, Latin, X, whatever. It doesn't matter. People just they really want reverse racism to be a thing. Yeah. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I will tell you this though. The thing that we would have a problem with is if she did or if she was black originally in the story and her experiences had something to do with her uh, what has right. something to do with a specifically black experience and for there's someone to come around and be like ah no she's white mm. that would be a problem and the reason why it never works that way is because by default things have been white for so long you know white default like um yeah. the podcast uh, script notes, which is run by you know Hollywood screenwriters John August and Craig Mason, talk about that a lot about how to try and get people away from default white, where they describe a woman she's beautiful and everything like that. Now then they describe her friend as African American, and that's the description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. That sort so of thing. So in a sense, so in a sense, it's y'all's issue, people. <laughs> <laughs> 
That might be the get, <laughs> To get over it. You all have so many by default white stories and fairy tales and whatnot. It's easy for us to swooping and swipe that shit. We get literally one TV show, one movie, and they just yeah. literally want to yeah. have a coronary. Yeah. yeah, and look at look at how um, Brandon um, Brandon was and I were talking about the other day how they were trying to make crazy rich Asians have a white lead. Yeah, like exactly. What in the world? It's crazy, crazy rich Asians <laughs> plus white woman. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. just wanted. They just wanted to get Scarlett Johansson in there. Some yes, they. Oh my God! Way. She'd be the first one they would have called too. Some kind of way. Like, hey, how would you oh, like nice. to? How would you like to be a the love interest of a of a crazy rich Asian? Like, no, it's not crazy rich Caucasians. It's right. Rich <laughs> Asians, damn it. Crazy rich oh, Caucasians. My, my goodness. Um, like to this day, they still are like, "What if we had a white, a whitish?" And I'm like, "99 percent of the shows, all of your shows, we should are say, whitey. you mean Modern we get, Family? We get, we get one show, <laughs> one show called Blackish. I mean, it's it's racist. What if we had a show called Whitish? You, you don't I mean, have to have it called Whitish because they are right. You had Living Single, and y'all literally spin that off into Friends." <laughs> Okay, which when I, I I have to tell you because I've had um, the marathon on my TV has not moved from TV one since six p.m. Friday. Come on, TV one. Because they have literally in order they have had they started from episode one and they have had a twenty four hours since Friday a marathon of living single and I'm gonna be sad once it's over because this show is so like I have laughed out loud. It it's. Still it's still relevant. Hey, it's so good. Yeah, so I don't want to. I don't want anybody to. I don't want to hear anybody say how it doesn't work if you have an all ethnic cast. I don't want to hear right. say that anymore. And eventually, you know what? Those voices are become, going to get very, very small because mm-hmm. people need to understand that that the that the world is like, especially here in north, this melting pot of America. It's yeah. a lot of people. It's a lot more. In fact, there are there are more there are more Latinos here than there are black people. So, in fact, you should see a lot more Latinx shows, right? <laughs> which in, we don't. We don't. Mm. So, yeah, just just everybody the 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 the, the racist people out there, you all just need to chill and relax. Y'all y'all have been taking over everything. Everything has been default you for a while. In fact, y'all haven't been dipping into other cultures to try to make your own culture more hip. How many times have y'all been, been, um, you know, basically just appraising, not appraising, excuse me. Appropriating. Um, just uh, Columbusing. Just appropriating. Yeah, Columbusing. Just Columbus. <laughs> the hell out of all of these different things on TV and then play, and music. putting a different label. Yeah, putting a label Presley. on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm all here for it. Go ahead, Zendaya, do your thing. I can't mm-hmm. wait. Yep. Keeping this same energy. Um, so we know that Kenya Barris signed an awesome $100 million contract with Netflix after quitting ABC. Mm. Oh, that's the actual amount? Yeah, that's the actual amount. Okay. Uh, before he left ABC, though, he had they approved one more of his projects to go into mm-hmm. development for the next pilot season. And it is a remake of Bewitched. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, created by him and uh, Yamara Taylor, who's also a writer on Blackish, who has the most ridiculously awesome headshot. It's her. She's she's a black woman. I she's, thought that was fake. No, it's not. Her the first kodo and her puppy dog is on her head. <laughs> it's like one of those 80s like school pictures where they like superimpose like two different, you know, like they'll have two different headshots of a person, but they like merge it together in one photo. It's just yeah, it's everything it's, about that photo. Is <laughs> but that tells me like, everything I need to know about her. Listen, uh, Beacon went and told, and, and it was just like, This is not a drill, guys. This is not a drill. We are going full black here. <laughs> yes. Indeed. So, their Bewitch remake is set to star a black woman as Samantha, but she's mm-hmm. still gonna be married to a white Darren. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that. Even though Darren is white and lazy, in interview Samantha is literally black girl magic. Mm-hmm. She still befalls like you know she just still is not successful as Darren because she's held back because of racism and sexism combined. It's the concept that they have. Um, so white folks are gonna be mad. Um, black church going <laughs> folks are gonna be mad because you know the <laughs> devil, witches, witchcraft, etc. So forth. <laughs> Hoteps are gonna be mad. She's married to a white man. Um, I mean, every, <laughs> I don't. I mean, this is gonna be. It's gonna be very interesting on the internet if this show gets picked up. You know, obviously, right? Because it's just for a pilot, right? Yeah, it's just a script right now. They don't even have anybody cast or anything. That will come. That will come in January, February. We'll find out who's gonna play Samantha in the pilot. I, we were talking before the show. We we're interested in who's playing Endora, uh, mm-hmm. her mom, and people were suggesting Jennifer Lewis. But of course, Jennifer Lewis is committed is to blackish. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who else they can get. Lynn Whitfield, perhaps. She's got Greenleaf. She do have is that, that show's still on. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think the third I think the third season premieres Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, they'll they'll find somebody, I'm sure. Um, but I was telling the tree before the show, they need to keep everything the same as it was in the 1960s when they um do when she do magic, they need to twinkle her nose and put the little ding ding on the soundtrack. They need to, um, yeah. no CGI. They need to literally have, run like the I camera, thought... stop the camera, bring the right. table or the vase into the frame, run the camera again so that it has that jump. Like, it should definitely still be goofy. Oh, I, don't want it, I don't want it to be heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, she don't need to be trying to figure out how she can stop police shooting black people with her powers. Like, yeah. I don't, want, I don't want to go there. Can we just laugh? Right. Let's just have something to just... Okay, so you don't want it to you don't want it to get too political. You don't want yeah. it to get too well, especially with because the premise is like she was a single mom with these powers, but yet she's still like not seen as special. And she marries this lazy white man. Yeah. Who basically just gets away with whatever because he's white. So it's like that's already a problem. <laughs> I don't I don't need more on top of that. Sure, no. mm, but there may be, but it might be difficult to do that, especially I know, especially seeing as it's an interracial couple that's there. Right, the yeah. fact that he's white is going to is going to color his interactions with people as a and is going to is going to then um draw. We're gonna have to we we undoubtedly will have to draw a comparison with how she interacts yeah. with people. So yeah, I know that's what like initially was giving me pause. I'm like, I just I don't know how I feel about this as a whole. Yeah. I just, I don't know. 
don't know. Was- I mean, we'll get a taste of that anyway because because the Charmed um, sisters, the new Charmed sisters, are are very you know interracial. They, they're, 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 they're very diverse. Like black sister, and then are the other two like Latina. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually excited to see that. I still watch Charm. Every time I go in the gym, it's on. I mean, that show has been on for like what, 20-something years now. Yeah, so that's that's gonna be that's gonna be yeah. interesting. Um, I I wasn't expecting him to redo Charmed because I Charmed still fresh in my head. <laughs> it's, it's, it is. It's still current. Like there, I every time I see you know when Prue dies, I still cry. Like every time I see that episode, uh, I stopped crying about that because, um, because uh, what's her name was a whole well, jerk. In, yeah, in real life, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just yeah. like, eh, maybe you need to go. But still, maybe because I was <laughs> just wow. like, every time I'm like, what are they gonna do? She was one of the original, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, we have another sister that we yeah. magically <laughs> didn't know about. <laughs> just like we're we're just gonna we just we just found Rose McGowan out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. All right. Uh, next up, uh, so the Academy Awards. Uh, well, let's set it on the stage. The last Academy Awards, 2018 ones this year, where mm-hmm. um, Fish Tender won the Oscar for Best Picture. <laughs> were the that lowest. That's what it should have been called. Yeah, were were the lowest rated Oscar telecast in modern TV history. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think I remember this. Yeah, so ABC is like demanding the um, Oscar Academy change some of the rules and things around and try to figure out a way to boost the rating. So one thing they're going to... Hey, didn't Trump take credit for that? Am I making that up? Yeah, I'm sure like he... the low ratings? I'm I sure he like did. Because didn't somebody take a shot at him? Uh, who hosted I, it? Everybody took shots at him. Um, God, who hosted Was it, it Jimmy Kimmel? It was Kimmel. But yeah, like everybody took shots at Trump, yeah. like um, and uh, immigration in particular. He, I think he mm-hmm. might have took credit for it. I try to ignore that man. Just my yeah, blood pressure same. don't need to be that high. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so one thing they're gonna be doing is certain um, awards, probably all the technical awards, are gonna be given out during the commercial break, like you know, like live streaming, so you can still see if you want to. So all the shit I care about is gonna be during mm-hmm. the damn commercial break, which I guess fine. As long as they actually get their Oscar. Uh, but the main thing they're going to be doing, the part that has everybody up in arms, is they're going to be introducing a popular film category. Now, they haven't said exactly what it's going to be called or what the actual qualifications for it will be. But just that it's going to be a new category dedicated to trying to get movies that are, you know, like the blockbuster movies somehow integrated into the Oscar thing. Because, you know, usually the movies that are nominated for Oscars are all like the indie films they make and put out during, like, the same five weeks at the end of the year, mm-hmm. you know, like, that people hardly ever hear of. You know, the movies that people, the, you know, big blockbuster movies people actually, quote-unquote, like, don't ever get a chance to compete for these awards because they're considered not to be of enough, quote-unquote, prestige unless they're about Black people, unless they're about white people solving racism, what the hell. Um, mm. yeah, I still hate that movie. <laughs> um, so a lot of people were very angry about this, uh, I was uh, I was basically saying I need to know what how they're going to uh, basically do. Yeah, what, what is the judgment for the whole? Yeah. yeah, how does that? How do we judge? Um, yeah, of, what are the qualifications? Yeah, because like that would determine how I feel about it in the end. Because right now, it, you it's just like oh, just this weird like um, 
stasis we're in right now with it. Black people were mad because they feel like it was invented on purpose to prevent Black Panther from getting nominated for Best Picture. I mean, I'm in that camp. Um, I don't, well, I mean, it wasn't... I wouldn't a, say prevent. I would just be like, just kind of like throw them a bone. Like, well, here, you got most popular at the Academy Awards. Miss Con- <laughs> what, 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 what do you call it? Miss Congeniality? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's like an upgraded particip- participation award. Right. Yeah. People felt the same way when they introduced the Best uh, Animated um, Feature Award, which came about... The funny thing is that came about because Toy Story 2 was not nominated for Best Picture in 1999, and people were very angry oh. about that. So okay. they, they invented that. that award for animated features. But that also mm-hmm. means that most animated features nowadays, unless they're really good, like Up, for example, they don't mm-hmm. get nominated for Best Picture at all. Oh. Uh, so... Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do it with this. And Kevin Feige says, oh, we don't care about this award. We have just hired um, Oscar strategist to get us a Best Picture nomination. And he was like, and I'm throwing you more money for Oscar promo. (laughs) Yeah. Because the thing is, is people are saying that um, Black Panther uh, doesn't have Oscar chances for Best Picture. I do not think it would win Best Picture, but I feel like it's as of right now, it has a decent enough chance of being nominated. It's very good, especially within the genre that it's in. And they have nominated worst pictures for best picture, like the help. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's like, um, it would be probably the first quote-unquote mainline superhero movie to be nominated because the other two that have been nominated are The Dark Knight and Logan, which are, you know, they're like alternate sort of kind of darker Things that the cabbie would feel more comfortable with nominating for Best Picture. Well, you know, according to Ethan Hawke, Logan was okay for a comic book character. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was cool for what it was, but it wasn't all that. I don't know what he took before they interviewed him. Right. But he should not take it no more. <laughs> <laughs> he about to block his blessing. They're going to have a card mm-hmm. that was perfect for him. And he'd be like, oh, wait, oh, you said this. Oh, we'll go right around to you, Tom. John Krasinski, whoever else is on the list after him. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I I I'm reserving my anger until I figure out what they're going to do with it, what the qualifications will be. Um, it does it does. I mean, my biggest problem with it is the blatant attempt to try to make the um, the award show more uh, palatable to like people. My thing, my biggest thing is you should concentrate more on just making it shorter. Yes, they're not very good at yeah. like their reactive state. Like yeah. they they need to start trying to be more proactive. Like they keep the last few years of just like, oh, we have to do stuff because people were saying this, and it's just like, yeah. Did did you just now realize that? Like y'all y'all haven't realized the systematic problems you've had all these decades. Yeah, all the movies are white. They get nominated. Let's bring in more black people, which is right. fine. They but uh, which is fine. But it's they should good, be doing that but all it's just along. Like. Exactly. Like, I don't know. Like, we'll see. Um, next, but yeah, I don't want to be up until like midnight. So can yeah. we make this like two hours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just find that as if, I suppose. Although being up to midnight worked for that moonlight. Um, oh uh, my La La God. Land now thing. that was, <laughs> I was sitting here like, huh? Um, Wait, what? That was pretty intense. Because at that point, everybody had like stopped on my group chat, and I was like, "Y'all, y'all, <laughs> yeah, wake up, wake up, wake up, 
they fucked up. War baby hit out the wrong war. I was like, turn the TV back off. Wait a minute. Niggas are taking over the stage. Wow. Travante Rose about to have a heart attack. Listen. And yeah. they kept showing them. And then Mahershala was looking like, what? Yeah. Like, huh? Yeah, your boy almost fell out. <laughs> that, I, mean, I will say that was like... That's probably the best thing about the Academy Awards I've ever seen. Yes, that was the best moment ever. <laughs> Granted, I was, you know, I was upset that their moment was stolen, but that was like, you yeah. can't pay for that. I was like, I, wow, how did y'all mess that up? You just can't wow. like it. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Um, next up, prepare to be mad. So, in <sighs> 2010, um, Sony Music released an album called Michael, which was Built as a posthumous Michael Jackson LP. However, mm-hmm. um, there has been for a very long time, people that I know actually said they knew about this controversy for a while. Um, there has been rumor and supposition that these so, three of the songs on this album, uh, Breaking News, Keep Your Head Up, and Monster, were not actually performed by Michael Jackson. They were instead performed by a Michael Jackson impersonator. I forgot the guy's name, but uh, most, what's most important you need to know about him? He's white. <laughs> Expose him. Uh, be fine. Let me find his name. But yeah. Um, so one fan in particular, um, her name. Gosh, I just lost. The I have it right here. Oh, yeah. it's, um, oh, Lord. I said that and now I can't find it. Uh, Vera Sarova. Yes. Uh, yeah. She filed a class action lawsuit against Sony in 2014. And basically what happened is that in one of their statements, Sony said, it doesn't matter if the songs were fake or not, you know, this kind of thing. And so people have taken that as an admission of guilt. Uh, but they're not trying to back there and say, no, we're not, we didn't mean it that way. We don't mean that we actually did that. But I mean, everybody that I know who is Michael Jackson, like um, scholar and historian basically says that that is not his voice on those songs. Now, We've talked about, you know, in other shows, people who, um, you know, when you record certain songs, people who fill in, you know, like lines and syllables here and there, like Valerie Simpson singing for Tammy Terrell, uh, Sarita Wright singing for Diana Ross, Deborah Killing singing for TLC and for Monica and such. Um, So it might be a little bit of that, but at the same time, you know, how much of that is actually Michael? How much of that is actually this impersonator? That is something right. that, I guess, in this case, since you're talking about somebody who was deceased and everything like that, and, you know, them trying to make money off of him. Right, like they're making money off of the selling the fact that it's him when it's, if it's really not. That's right. kind of, you know, that's very deceptive. But I like the fact that this was a fan who brought this loss. Yeah, <laughs> and had the money to basically, like, push uh-huh. it through. Gosh, I could wish I could find the name of the person because uh, I was like, they gave me the name, and I went and looked, and I was, and I, I, I screamed in the house by myself because I was like, I, like, please, I was saying, Jesus, don't, please don't let it be. Oh, it's Jason what? Malachi. Yes, that's his name, Jason Malachi. Let me Google him. Go, go ahead. Oh, oh, I'm scared. What you said there? Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, but maybe he's like, you know, like. Maybe he's like, you know, Whoa. these ethnic he somehow. He looks like, what was that fake pop group that used to be in the, like, on MTV? 
Yes, that's what he looks like. He together, is that their name? Yes, together. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he could Appropriately be like named. a lost member of Together. <laughs> wow. And I met, there's like one picture in particular where they tried to make him look like Michael Jackson. Yeah. I think they like digitized a little chin cleft and everything. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. But then you see, see this the other is why I just the... generally I don't subscribe to posthumous albums. Right. I'm like, if I know that if because it's just like it's it's weird to listen to new music from somebody who's already died. So and I'll plus just, I'll just listen to the old stuff. Yeah. In most cases, unless you were a Tupac or Otis Redding, the stuff you left mm-hmm. behind is not going to be good. Cause like for- and I'm like, do they even would they have really wanted this song to be out? Right. That's why they're not there. You, never, you know, people can be like, <laughs> oh well, they were they were getting ready to release it. No, but no. what if they didn't want to? Yeah, exactly. It's not out because they didn't want it out. Yeah, Tupac and Otis Redding are the only two I would like whose stuff was because they they for whatever reason, uh, maybe they knew, maybe they mm-hmm. just felt it somehow. They went on these like recording sprees for their last. Well, doesn't month Prince or so. have like thousands of songs in the canon? Oh yeah, he does. But they're uh, in, in that vault. He never. I think a lot of it is stuff he just played around with. But you know, not mm. that the family has it. They actually drilled the vault open because nobody had the combination. Wow! And they're taking the songs out and they're going to put them together and release See, them. See, and that's yeah, no, don't want it. Mm-mm. It don't feel right. It don't feel. Don't feel right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Speaking of things that do not feel right, uh, so last night here in Atlanta, Jay-Z and Beyonce put on their Atlanta oh date of the Underrun 2 show. Oh um, and during the conclusion of the show, while they're performing ape shit, as they're walking off stage, some raggedy white man decided that he wanted to who be has, on the stage too. Who has four names? Was it like Michael something? I didn't he see his like name. Four, they, it, they, it was they, four they, names. They found out who he was. Yeah, Twitter did earlier. Hey, let me see if I can. Black um, Twitter CSI. Twitter, 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 Twitter CSI, yeah. Because <laughs> somebody was like, somebody was like, uh, I need you to come and see me, like to, to the dude's name. <laughs> so, They're like, yeah, I yeah. got words for you. So he ran up on stage, but like, he didn't get to touch Jay Z or Beyonce or even like that no, close well, to Well, the article I did, I read. When it was talking about him being arrested, it said that he—I don't know if he hit Jay Z. So he made it said he made physical contact with Jay Z. Oh, he did! Oh my God! But during that same time, King Julius had came and scooped Beyonce. Somebody on Twitter was like, "Dang, I like how Julius like took Beyonce and just left." <laughs> just left. Priorities, priorities. <laughs> what? But Julius was initially her bodyguard anyway to begin with. Right. So of course he's gonna protect her first. But they said that it said that whoever it was did make physical contact, but basically like Jay, the backup dancers and security like held him down. Yeah, like you which see those backup dancers need raises. Yeah they do. Because them heifers are ready to nook if you buck. <laughs> For those who haven't seen the footage, basically like the dancers like swarm backstage immediately. 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 <laughs> They were like harpies. <laughs> yes. And Mythical just, creatures. Listen, and you know how they do dance breaks to like different songs? I'm like, Beyonce, you are in Atlanta. You have to let the dancers go off to Nuck If You Buck just like for a few seconds. Right. 
because of last night. Like that was hilarious. I'm on um Daily Mail right now. Diasa said Beyonce almost failed last night. But she she saved us up the last uh uh-uh, it was uh I think it was a Nashville show. Oh, is that where it was? Yeah, it was a Nashville show because oh, yeah. it was a few it was a few days ago. Yeah, the Nashville show. Yeah, they, they show like she almost fell and then she turned into a high kick and saved herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the tweet I the tweet I saw was like the devil thought he had her. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, me, I would have tumbled down that entire runway. And she did once in Orlando. She fell down the stairs, but then she got right back oh, up yeah. and kept singing. She fell all the way. And it was a big ass stairwell too that they yeah. erected on the stage. And I remember that she fell, she fell front first. Mm-hmm. And she just boop down the stairs and then she just got right up like she sprang right up and was like all right <laughs> <laughs> so that's professionalism funny. right there Listen. that is pro- that is professionalism but this it's one that i was like if you didn't even know you would just think she did like added a little kick to it mm-hmm. this, yeah the same she, way she the same way she did, the same way she did the super bowl with um with your boy bruno mars oh, yeah was she, she almost fell there too mm-hmm. and then she she put the, the she did the kick and it was like oh good job <laughs> Yeah, Ali's yeah. Fav- Ali's favorite singer, Bruno Mars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, why do people have such vitriol? I love him so much. He's so adorable, and he's just—he is—he's a, a really good performer. Like he's amazing. I'm cool with Bruno until, until like if he has to do something really egregious. Like you know, if everybody keeps blaming him for something he actually hasn't done. When, if and when he does it, then we have that discussion. Because we we had the discussion with JT. That, well, first it was Janet Gate, and then it was this latest album. <laughs> well, now he done went to Montana, and I'm just like, you just, all right. Yeah, the, 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 the full white man manifested itself. I mean, if he brings sexy back again, then I'll be okay. <laughs> but I was like, I can't give this Montana stuff. I just, I can't do it. And meanwhile, he still has um, 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 JC... Locked in a vault somewhere. You know, just, <laughs> Track that's forever. who that's who should have had this solo career. <laughs> yeah. With that voice like butter. Like, I mean, come on. Because um for the girl who has everything, my favorite in sync song of all time, like J JC tore that up. That was a singing white man. I don't know what oh they did to him. <laughs> and so was Dan from O Town. Remember O Town? I, I remember O Town. I, I don't remember any of the songs. I remember them like being a thing. Yeah, Dan was the one who like originally in the reality show he didn't he didn't originally make the group, but they added him in because he could sing and write so good. <laughs> he was he ended up basically being like the Justin Timberlake of the group because he was that good, the talented one. Mm-hmm. Like he he kind of made them re- relevant because the rest awesome. of them weren't. Why he made the group? Oh, well, you know, like reality shows, you know how they always have to have like a certain personality. Uh, oh, he he wasn't interesting for the reality. Oh, God. I feel like he was more like an actual singer songwriter. <laughs> like you know, they wanted like a pretty boy. They wanted a bad boy. They had the one black dude. You to say the one black they, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like you know. <laughs> and so they're like, "Oh, this dude is for real." Nah. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Like, did you did you get arrested? Like, what happened? You, you Can you throw some mashed potatoes you? in your bandmate's hair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. 
right. But you know who else has been resurfacing? Who? Which I thought I had unfollowed him, but then I was like, all these videos popped up on Instagram. Robin Thicke. Lord Jesus. He's been posting uh-huh. a lot lately. And apparently his uh-huh. girlfriend is getting ready to have another baby. Or the new one after he left Paula. Mm-hmm, because they already have one little girl. But he's like, I ran to, and I was like, I really thought I had unfollowed him because I hadn't seen anything for months. Mm. I was like, he must about to, you know, have a new album out at some point. I mean, he's still on punishment for me because... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, he can release what he want to. That, I hope he don't spend it to sale. <laughs> the, whole, the whole Miley situation was just bad judgment mm-hmm. and probably bad cocaine too. Who knows? And then the whole blurred lines thing and the, and the Marvin Gaye family lawsuit. And oh, Pharrell oh. said, this nigga don't write his own records. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I wrote it and put his name on it because he was he came high didn't didn't work. <laughs> I mean, I believe it because I remember an article. Oh God, it was still when he was married to Paula. It was before that, but it was saying that he spends about it was like some exorbitant amount, like forty to fifty thousand a month for weed. And I was like, bro, how do you even wake up? Mm-mm. At that point, you just need to get plants in the I'm backyard. Good lord. <laughs> My but yes, yeah, so I feel like he has something coming soon because he just, like literally every day now, he's been posting stuff on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I don't We We do not want it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, if it sounds good, I don't know. Yeah, I it, like halfway want to give him a chance because I really do love his music. But He's a good singer. He really is. It's just that like he's sought yeah. so much baggage that comes with him. He had yeah. to come back and blow the doors out the buildings for him. To I mean, come it was back. smart for him to just go, especially after that Paula. Ad, I'm like, bro, yeah. you're embarrassing. I, I, I made a song for you. Oh I don't my. care. <laughs> no, no, not a song, a whole album, Brandon. I, I know it was just the um, oh, the, the yeah. video. I made a song for you. I don't care. Both <laughs> <laughs> day. Uh, and oh. finally, um, so Aretha Franklin will be having two services this week. Uh, one public and one private. The uh, public mm-hmm. one is going to be at, um, I guess it's pronounced Shane Park in Detroit on Thursday, April, August the um, 30th. They don't have the full list yet for the performers, but it's going to include Gladys Knight, Johnny Gill, and Karen Clark Shear at this point. The, Johnny Gill? Johnny Gill. Okay. Uh, the private one is going to be, they might have some public spots for it, but it's mostly going to be private. It has... Already has like the, the like the list for it, and it's quite a list. Um, Stevie Wonder, mm. Faith Hill. Okay, so is that a typo? No, no, is Faith, it, it's Faith Hill and not Faith Evans. It's Faith Hill. Like you, you, they have one total huh. white person there. You know that is random as hell. <laughs> um, Jennifer Hudson, obviously, who you know they want to put her in the movie. Fantasia. Mm, that's all you need, right there. <laughs> we could have started and stopped. <laughs> right we didn't need nothing else. Shirley Caesar. Oh, dear Lord, yes. Ronald Isley. Oh, wait, huh? Ronald Isley. Uh, Shaka Khan. Mm, I yes. heard Shaka Khan is not in the best voice as of late. But, but well, I mean, you got to think about it. When you do that kind of hollering for so long, I yeah. mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, yeah, Yolanda Adams. Yes, of course. <laughs> Jennifer Holiday. Now, wait a minute. You got Jennifer Hudson and Jennifer Holiday? Yeah, that's my question. Nigga, listen. Right. <laughs> so, who is going to be, be the there. PA Nigga. in charge of each one? 
Because they need to make sure they, that one does Whoa. not see the other. Please oh, just let man. Jennifer Holiday go first. <laughs> don't don't y'all let Jennifer Hudson sing first and then Jennifer Holiday come. Because she going she gonna to try to see the same song Jennifer Holiday, Jennifer Hudson was or singing. Or she going to be mad because she's going to be like, I was here, you know, yeah. I'm the veteran. Mm-mm. Let her go. Let her go. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> she could be petty. Is, 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 this, is this really the time for us to show mess? <laughs> really? <laughs> Can we not oh just come together for Aretha? Black people, this wow. <laughs> We're really gonna show our ass, right? On stage. Wait, and this is the private one, so it's not gonna be televised. Right. Huh? <laughs> Dang it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you know it's gonna be your IG if anything happens. Yes, please. Somebody, <laughs> somebody, somebody, be on, be, somebody gonna be watch with that. Be on IG Live. Watch somebody. it be on IG Live. <laughs> yeah. She she was supposed to be singing like um going up yonder and all of a sudden it turns to and I am telling you, you know how she's gonna do it. <laughs> wait, are you like wait, is that a joke? Are you I'm joking, it? I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> going up to yonder and I am. You know you know what would be funny? What would be uh, okay, I gotta remember this is like a funeral and not like a TV special. Right. But if, you know how she was when Aretha was on the Diva special and they were all singing, but she just like took over the song because she was like, it's my song. <laughs> what if they did that and it was like Jennifer Holiday and then Jennifer Hudson tried to come in and like <laughs> squeeze it and take over and they got mad and was like battling each other. Like that. Just... What if it's Jennifer Holiday still in the microphone from Jennifer Hudson? Like she's <laughs> rough it. <laughs> Let me stop because I really don't want it to be this kind of drama. But whoever, I mean, you cannot invite both of them and expect nothing to happen. Right? They're gonna be like, "Do it for Aretha," and be like, "Okay, okay." Jennifer Holiday sitting there with like with a little, you know, like little thump. Oh, you know, (laughs) each one trying to top each other. And you know what? I bet they did not tell her that she would have said no. (laughs) Oh, oh, wow. Ain't Jennifer Holiday on punishment anyway? Then she sang for Trump's inauguration. No, that was Chrisette Michelle. But oh, Jennifer Holiday quit. Yeah, that's right. She quit. She was like, she she um signed on, and then she signed off when everybody about to hand her her ass. Oh uh, yeah, you yeah. were about to get your your oh. whole cookout your <laughs> your whole cookout ticket was about to get ripped into shreds. Yeah, because I mean, have have we heard from Chrisette Michelle since uh, since January twentieth, two thousand? I think I heard something about her somewhere, and I was just like, "Girl, I guess you know, yeah, go go ask Trump for help." I know she got married, right? I guess or was she already married. <laughs> <laughs> Did Trump give her away? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Listen. Well, he didn't even go to Omarosa's wedding, okay? <laughs> He's lucky. He ain't going to Chrisette's. He's lucky he didn't. He would have been recorded there, too. <laughs> Man, I don't know how... Like, I don't know how... Like, I just don't like... It's tacky. It's illegal. Any situation making me be on Omarosa's side. And it's a like, mess. Girl, and I'm not, yeah, yes, I'm not on her side. This information, Sorry. but it's like you literally sold out, folks, just to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So, like she can't come back to the cookout. I was no. debating whether or not she can get a plate, just one plate. No. But people were saying she can't get a plate either. Listen, like if that's an agreement, that's fine. Uh, although I'm enjoying every time a tape coming. It's it's like um, it's like uh, Funk Flex back in the day. It's great. <laughs> it's entertaining yeah. at least. 
and nothing else. Um, but yeah, Aretha's service, it'll be Friday um, the 31st, the private one at the Detroit's Greater Grace Temple. Hopefully everybody comes and nobody tries to steal microphones. Uh- <laughs> I would have I would have thought they would have switched this kind of lineup for the public, like make the big, like long lineup for the public one and like have the private one be something more intimate and maybe like one or two people. Yeah, what it feels like to me is that they, they started the pu- the private one first and then decided to do the public one second, which is why it doesn't have a full roster yet. That's what it feels like. But still, that's like a lot of performers. I mean, they must be wanting this to be more like a concert versus a home going. Yeah. But I mean, that could be what she wanted, so hey. Oh, that's the other part. We don't know. I don't think we know what she wanted because she didn't leave a will. That is so scary because that is not uncommon. Right. For black people. Like, like Aretha. Not that we think we're going to live forever, but it's just like certain things that you just don't think about, you know? Yeah. Like, Aretha was worth $80 million. And I I I understand, according to Michigan law, uh, Mm -hmm. since she didn't leave a will, the estate immediately goes split between, evenly between her four sons. Uh, well, okay, so I mean, that, I guess that does not, it for him then. Yeah, yeah. That that's twenty million a piece. That's it. Yeah, that eliminates any fighting. So good. Well, no, no, because the niece has a has tried filed an application mm-mm, for mm-mm. herself. Four sons. <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Does. That's by law. <laughs> by law. So what are you going to do? You're going to fight law. Exactly. Right. What's she going to go to the Michigan Supreme Court? Yes. And, no. Her four, her four offspring. You're a niece, not a son or a daughter. So no, no. Uh. I hope it's not going to be like the Prince thing was. Are they still or James arguing? Brown. Oh, James Brown, when he kept it, in, the, in the refrigerator for like six months. A, it felt like two years. <laughs> I was like, that is like, how how are y'all letting somebody do this to your dad? Like, that is just so wrong. Get it together. Yeah, I just kept James in there in the living room, just sitting there was, in the icebox. That was horrible. An entire, an entire mess. All right. All right, now it's time for our main discussion of the day. Um, and it's actually related to Latria talking about the whole Black Panther DVD thing uh, earlier. <laughs> so, as we, most of us, most, I think, like, you know, we still buy physical media, but most people have pretty much given up buying movies on any sort of a disc period. They will watch whatever is on streaming services, or if they're that inclined, they'll go and maybe rinse it from iTunes or buy a copy or whatever like that. Like um, a lot of people have given have thrown away their like Blu-ray players and DVD players. If they have one, it's probably also an Xbox or a PlayStation. Mm. Um, what this means, though, is that in a lot of cases, if there are movies you want to see, they probably may not be on streaming, depending on what type of movie it is. Uh, I got this idea. I was listening to script notes again, and John August was saying how he wanted to see a movie called The Flamingo Kid which is only available on DVD, and he had no DVD players in his house. Mm. It's nowhere on streaming or anything like that. So I was trying to think, like, like I was um, going to ask you guys if there are any movies you could think of that you wanted to see one day and went to see if it was on streaming and it wasn't there. I have a bunch. <laughs> I can't... Because, see, I still have a DVD DVD player. Mm-hmm. And most of like my favorite movies I have on DVD. 
So I can't, I mean, I've noticed over the last couple of years that a couple of my favorites have been added to Netflix. Like um, While You Were Sleeping with Sandra Bullock, Mm -hmm. that was added a couple of years ago. I don't know if it's still on there. And then the other day I noticed that um, something new was on there with Samal Lathan. I I feel like that might be a recent addition. I'm not sure. But Mm -hmm. other than that, I just, I can't think of anything that I absolutely want to see that I just can't, that I either don't already have the DVD or can go get it. So yeah. it's, it's not like a, a a necessary thing for me. Right. I mean, it's, it's great. It's convenient because then you don't have to worry about like turning the channel, turning the DVD player on, putting it in. You could just, you know, go straight to Netflix. But And click and press I, play. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Yeah, for me, my biggest issue with like streaming stuff was that, you know, the, the selection of classic movies is like basically almost non-existent on most of these services. Like they tend to yeah. put their 80s, 90s, and 2000s stuff up. You know, yeah. nothing that's too new and certainly not anything that's too old. Like whenever there was like an older movie on Netflix, I, I would tend to watch it immediately. Like yeah. um, I saw The Killer Mockingbird on Netflix. It's gone now, I believe. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. It was there. I watched it, and then it was gone. Like the original? The original from Black and White from 1963, I believe. Oh. Or 62. Um, Imitation of Life was up there one time. It's gone now, too. You know what? Okay, I have thought of... I I just thought of two things that I would like to see that I would watch. They're, I don't even know if y'all have seen them. They're, like, super old and white. What? But one is um, Auntie Maine. Have you ever seen Auntie I've Maine? heard of Auntie Maine. I haven't seen it. <gasps> Every time it comes on, like, TBS or whatever channel... Like, or TCM, it is so funny. I watch it every time I can catch it on TV. Now that's something I would. And then the one with um with Jerry Lewis, and he's like in the house with all the women. I don't know this and, one. Like I don't know. Oh God, he just like he moves into this. I think he like is like the handyman or or something. But it's literally a house full of women, and there's like a, a like a full grown lion that comes in at some point. <laughs> I think it's like one of their pets. I mean, it's just, it's very off the wall because it's Jerry Lewis. It's Jerry Lewis. But it is, it is hilarious. It's one of my favorite, like old classic movies. Yeah. Of his. I mean, that's something, but they have a, I thought they have a good amount of like old stuff on there, but. Yeah, it's like, it's very, like the weirdest older movie I saw on Netflix was The Robe, which was the first movie they've ever made in Cinemascope. It is, it's a story that is set around, but not about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Like basically like the robe that he was wearing when he was crucified becomes like, like the MacGuffin of the movie. Uh, What I would like to see is a a better selection of black movies because I I feel like that gives them like a kind of like a second Renaissance. Yes. Cause like, just like with something new, I bet there are a lot of people who are like, what's this movie about? And I'm like, it's, it's been out for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that kind of gives them an introduction to stuff that they probably wouldn't have seen. Yeah, that was going to be my main question, like, in relation to, like, what we usually talk about on here. Are Black movies tending to fall into this trap more than a lot of other movies are? Because even if they put, you know, there is, like, a whole, like, market for net, direct-to-Netflix movies, and a lot of them are Black movies, you know? Well, what's the, what's the, like, actual name of this? Because they have a whole section on Netflix. I can't remember. Is it, like, Cinema Noir or something like that? It's something. Or Black Cinema or... Code Black Entertainment might be. 
on know. Netflix. Like they have they have an actual category now oh, uh, for all the black movies. Strong black lead. No, no, no. That's like the social media thing. Okay, okay. I'd go. I'm gonna there. look it up because I was like, oh, what's the I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know they had a section. I didn't know yes. they have <laughs> a colored section. I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm, gonna, wow. I'm gonna find it and then I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> but yeah, because like I think about like movie black movies that aren't like big blockbusters, which are very few. Like I'm trying to think of like, you know, a lot of those, you know, like perfect example, blast rotation stuff is hardly up there. I think Foxy Brown was on Netflix for a while, but it's Mm -hmm. gone now. I think Sugar Hill's up there for a while too. That's gone now. But it's like the fact that these movies rotate in and out of these streaming services doesn't help sort of kind of the availability as people get, you know, less, are less and less inclined to have physical media, you know, I would be concerned about some of these movies disappearing from, like, public consciousness. Because, you know, a lot of the relevance of some of these movies is that, you know, they would play on TV all the time, you know, like Cooley Mm -hmm. High and Foxy Brown, things like that. The Wiz, of course, you know, is a key example of a movie that, you know, didn't do well in theaters, did, you know, much better as, as a TV film. Like, right. if they aren't available and aren't around, you know, the next generation won't have any sort of frame of relevance for it because most people aren't going to go out of their way to pay 5 or $6 to go to iTunes to rent something, even if, 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 it's, if it's there. If. That's a strong if it's there because a lot of these... I think with the, the, like, the ones, the American International... Films, which are the bulk of black exploitation, is inter- American international films. Foxy Brown, Coffee, Cooley High, Sugar Hill, um, a bunch of them are all American international films. Those are all owned by MGM now, and they restored them all in HD, and they're like, they sell them in some capacity someplace on the internet, basically. So those mm. can all be seen. I actually, and I, they just now put a lot of them onto Blu ray because they already had the masters ready. So I literally bought like, well, actually, for my birthday, I got my mom to get me um, Fossey Brown and Cooley High and um, Sugar Hill, like all in one, one swoop. They were each like, like six or seven bucks each. But, you know, I would be afraid of things like um, like Black Meteor Shampoo. Meteor Man. <laughs> Meteor Man is a perfect example. <laughs> like things like that, yes. like sort of kind of like not being available because TV is changing too. Like there's mm-hmm. less and less of the, you know, like the Sunday afternoon, you know, syndicated movie, which is where we saw yeah. a lot of these things that, you know, and people watch less TV in general anyway, because they're watching, you know, YouTube and things like that. You know, and it's sort of kind of a thing as a fight who loves movies, you know, the sort of kind of chilling thought of, you know, what happens as these movies sort of kind of disappear, if they disappear. A lot of movies that make the jump from DVD to Blu-ray because, you know, making a DVD meant for the most part that a lot of these folks just dusted off their Laserdisc masters and put them on DVD in a lot Mm. of cases. Making a Blu-ray requires them to go back and rescan the film for HD and recolor correct it in a lot of cases and then put it back out. Like, perfect example, a movie you would think would be on Blu-ray or on digital at all, period, but ain't, Selena. Let me go really? double check, make sure that Selena's not on iTunes, because like it is certainly not on Blu-ray. It is what? no place on Blu-ray. Is it on DVD? It's on DVD. Because I have the DVD. It's oh. actually got like um like an extended yeah. version on DVD. 
I never, I didn't realize they had to do so much extra for Blu-ray. Um, yeah, like, because, like, the um, DVD, like, resolution base is, like, what, 720 by 540? And Blu-rays are, are 1920 by 1080, which basically means that they have to, like, rescan it in the higher resolution so that, you know, they they can't basically up-res it. Because, like, the funny thing is, Family Matters is on Hulu, and they rescanned most of the Family Matters for HD. They, they did not redo special effects shots, you know, Urkel's experiments. Mm-hmm. And so the film, like this good quality HD copy turns into like a blown up SD copy whenever Urkel's time machine or like that works. And it looks so bad. Yeah. Yeah. So they, so they tend to, if they had to make a Blu-ray, they go back and they remaster the film for Blu-ray. Like, of all the companies, Warner Brothers was probably like the one who's sort of kind of most diligent about using their old library because they sell the they have this thing called the Warner Archive where if you want an old movie they don't put on DVD or Blu-ray if they have the copy of it they will print you a DVD or a Blu-ray for like $20-25 you ask Mm -hmm. them for it they'll literally like burn you a copy and send it to you Uh, okay I think they no they have Selena on iTunes is this an HD or is it an SD is it wait it's an HD then why is it not on Blu-ray because streaming is where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wave of the future. I guess so. Yes, yeah, $14.99 to buy, $3.99 to rent. A- available in HD and SD. Okay, so that's fine. At least it's in some formats. I was surprised that I couldn't buy a Blu-ray of Selena. Of all the movies you could think of. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, but yeah, Ali, did you think of any movies that you sort of kind of wanted to see that weren't available? Or like anything that you had gone looking for at one point and you couldn't find? Like one thing, like the only movie, the only older movie that starring Black folks that I could find on Netflix at one time, pretty much ever, was Carmen Jones. And if you counted The Killer Mockingbird. Hmm. Like, and and even then, their copy of Carmen Jones was not a good copy. Like, the Blu-ray had just come out, and it was much better looking and sounding. And I wonder why they didn't just literally just So that happens to me. That happens to me all the time, though. The idea of, like, I'm going on Netflix. Because I used to be a huge problem for people a couple years, too, until Netflix really, really did the work to put more um, content on their service. But that happens to me all the time. I would I would think of a movie or someone would mention a movie to me and I'd be like, ooh, I wonder if that's on Netflix. And I rushed it and I'd type in the word and it would just say, here are movies related to this title. And I'm like, yeah, that shit always kills Every me. time I see that, every time I see that, that mm-hmm. text on the screen and it shows you movies related to the thing that you actually want to see, that just, <laughs> it just, it, it kills your spirit. It kills yeah. It, and, and that's happened too many times it, uh, not necessarily all the time with uh, like a black movie that I want to see but a, a lot of things especially when for example let's say um, a, a blockbuster sequel uh-huh. or a prequel is about to come out and I'm thinking to myself oh you know what would be great is if Netflix put that on there so that way you can get more coverage right because mm-hmm. if you think about it, Netflix should put the prequel of what's about to show up on their streaming service so that way it would draw more fans to come to Netflix to watch it so that way they can be refreshed by the time they have to go see the move, the sequel in the theaters, right? right. No, 
Netflix doesn't do that. But a lot of times I understand it has to do too with with the um with the fact that Netflix has to um ask for the rights yeah. to yeah. these things. So and, uh, it's not as simple as, hey, let's just put this on our service. It's hey, we have to negotiate, we have to talk to the to the distribution company for this movie before you can just put it on, on onto your streaming service. Yeah, and plus a lot of these movie studios don't like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, because what you're doing, because that's the other thing too. Like, there's the, the discussion of, hey, you're taking, you're actually crippling the theater or cinema going, um, you know, sort of franchise or just the, you know, the business of that. Right, you want to draw people, you want to draw crowds of people to seats in theaters. You don't necessarily want people to be at home watching. Um, from their couches, right? Because right. that's move, big movie business is all about you know the popcorn, the the whole experience of watching movie as a in a crowd, you know, in a theater. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a lot of these movies, I mean, that's the, also the other part of that is sort of kind of related. Like, you know, ever since VHS came along, there's no such of a thing as three issue market for like theatrical films unless you were at Disney. And Disney only got away with it because they refused to put their stuff on VHS for a very long time until like the 90s, basically. Like they tried to start in the 80s, but it was like the 90s before they started putting like everything they put out on VHS because they saw how well it was selling. Because I still remember seeing what was the last thing I saw in reissue? I think it was Cinderella in the theater when I was a little kid. Mm. They don't do that anymore because it's not a market for it anymore. Um, but at VHS and then DVD made it, you know, like easier to sort of kind of see a lot of these older movies. Right. You know, like you don't have to worry about trying to find a theater or trying to find like somebody's 16 or 8 millimeter collection, all that kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, not crazy. A lot of people do that and it's, you know, later their collectors and everything. It's just that from I'm thinking of myself and having to try to find somebody and bring home reels of a movie, thread it, all that kind of stuff. And just, you know, that's a lot. Yeah. You got to be dedicated. And- I remember when Disney had, I think it was like great marketing at the time where they would have like, they would only release certain movies. The Disney Vault. Yes, the Disney Yes, Vault. and it would be like every 10 years or something like that. Yeah. So that, it was like a frenzy. Like when you knew they were releasing, you had to buy it because it was going to go back in the vault. Yeah. Get and it before be it goes back it. into the Disney Vault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just remembered that um, there's a streaming service called Brown Sugar. I had forgotten about it, but I actually want to sign up for it right now. Actually, I'll probably do it after the show. They actually specialize in exploitation films. So a lot of stuff that Ooh. would be on Netflix is probably on Brown Sugar. So I actually want to go ahead and sign up for that. That's also the other thing. So for me, just for myself, if I wanted to see everything that I wanted to see that's online on streaming, I have to sign up for not just Netflix and Hulu, but also Filmstruck, which T- TCM runs, uh, Brown right. Sugar, and um, Boomerang for, you know, the animated stuff. So it's like, mm-hmm. I thought, I was told by AppleCare that streaming is going <laughs> to so get rid of the whole, like, cable expense. But basically, I'm paying for cable all over again. Uh-huh, once you add all those extra services up. Yep. So, like, no, what is the truth? <laughs> what is the truth indeed? Because it's like, you know. Well, and you- now you're going you're gonna to have to add Disney after uh, next year. Oh, Jesus. Which I'm just like, okay, so they're going to put 
Black Panther on there, how many months am I going to have to be able to watch this every week before, right. <laughs> before uh, it's, it gets snatched? It's going on Netflix on September the 4th. Yeah. Which, so it's going to have a few months. Which um, people pointed out is Beyonce's birthday. Sure is. <laughs> oh, okay. It sure is. Oh, and that's next week, isn't it? Hold yep, on. it's next week. <sighs> it's next Tuesday. Oh, the day after Labor Day. Ugh, why okay, so people this? people gonna be calling out of work. They gonna be like, I'll, I'll see y'all on the fifth. <laughs> what kind of ever? Like we need a, we need a Labor Day and a Wakanda Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Beyonce would have her birthday after mine. <laughs> oh, you didn't know her birthday after. was the day after? Yeah, yeah. Oh, your birthday is September third. Yep. Ah. See, look at you. You're in good birthday company. Am I, though? <laughs> I, would say I, I would say I am, too, but there are two notable Geminis that um, I am ready to trade whenever I can. One is Kanye. Oh. And the other one is the guy in 1600 Pennsylvania. Oh, that, that motherfucker's a Gemini? <sighs> As if we don't uh, get enough flack for, you know, quote unquote, wow. two face. Right. Or, you know, oh, irrational, no. crazy human beings. And then I, I learned that and I was like, he's not helping us at all. <laughs> I mean, like, Him or his or his friend. Yeah, most of my most people like oh. like is you, my sister, Greg. Like Which me. now it, it makes sense to me why Kanye likes him because Jim and I love each other. <laughs> so like one of my best friends, her birthday is nine days before me. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm just like, ugh. I just can I trade? Can I trade? But at oh, least I, is... I still have Prince and Maxwell and Angelina Jolie. Um <laughs> although she's, you know, borderline, but still yeah. not too crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I share a birthday with Mike Tyson and Fantasia. So Oh, well, we'll just, we'll talk about Fantasia. We'll just claim Fantasia. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, oh, like, right. in near vicinity, I have, you know, I have Missy Elliott. I have... Oh, yeah, good company. Yeah, Paul Williams from The Temptations. I do have Bill Cosby, so we had to, you know... Oh, uh, see, we all got, we all got at least one. We all got pain. Speaking of Temptations, they have a new Broadway show. That show went to Broadway? Yeah, because um, Amber Riley and, like, all the basically black... Black Hollywood was at the premiere either last night or night before last because I saw it all on Instagram. I didn't even know it opened. I know because I because um I think it started on the twenty first. Because I think yeah, I have to ask. It started the twenty first. Yeah, I have to ask Carolyn because Carolyn was supposed to have gone to the one because they they um they started it in California. Mm, okay. But yeah, like yeah, this yeah this was been in L.A. because that's where all of them. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm going to look it up right now. I don't know where it was. But I just remember, like, Amber Riley and a bunch of other people I follow was going. And I was like, oh, I didn't know they made it. I was like, I bet this is, like, the music is good. Oh, yeah. I I think (laughs) that's something I would want to see. I think there was, like, the one performances in L.A. Because they're they're, they're debuting, though, on um, Broadway next spring. Okay. They're going to be at the um, Imperial Theater, which is where Dreamgirls was. Interesting. Uh, yeah. This this is based on Otis's book, so you know he's the lead. So you know. yeah, it's called Ain't, uh, 
Ain't too proud to bear. Ain't too proud. Ain't too proud to lifetimes of the temptations. So basically, the movie turned into a um, a musical. Uh huh. <laughs> Without David Ruffin, y'all ain't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But yeah, so my question for the movies thing is: Is there a way that I mean Netflix? Like, you know, they're investing a lot into original content, you know, and original content, for the most part, has been awesome, for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, is there a way to get an incentive for um, the studios to invest in bringing some of these older films, or even, like, films that aren't necessarily old, but, you know, you would think would be on streaming, but aren't? You know, things well, like Minutes to Society, I don't think is upstream. I, I think Poetic Justice was at one point. I don't think it is anymore. I feel like that was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, was. I saw it, it on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it also depends on what kind of value the studios see in investing in Netflix. Because basically they're having to give up some of their revenue. Yeah, because people to who... this streaming service that is not affiliated with them but wants their product. So Right, because otherwise they would be it just used all to like... it just kind of feels like what they feel is financially responsible right. for them. Which, I mean, they have so much money. I don't even see why they wouldn't. But uh, <laughs> well, but, they do. But, I mean, you know, it's corporate America. Yeah. Like, they lose one dime and everybody starts, you know, it's, it's it's red alert, red alert. Like, if they can't sell physical copies of some of these movies, like, you know, they feel like it's an issue. But I, I feel like at some point, some of these movies, it has to be a better revenue stream to put some of these on Netflix and get the money from Netflix versus trying to see if they'll sell physical copies of them. I feel like there's like a threshold for some of these where it would be better for them to be on streaming versus them trying to sell copies of them. I'm not not sure how you calculate that, but it's got to be a way like that. And again, it's a way to find whole new audiences too. Yeah. So... I don't know. And plus, I mean, you also have to think that it's literally old white men running these studios mm-hmm. and, and production offices. And they're just, they probably still use rotary phones. <laughs> so <laughs> they're like, we don't, we know, what's this newfangled? What is a Netflix? Yeah. Why yep. can't, where's, where's, why can't I find a blockbuster? Yeah. There was a round table at one point that they did, um, of like all the studios and they invited Reed Hastings from Netflix to it. And when I tell you the shade, they mm. didn't, it, it's from, from the first couple of lines of the round table. It's like, so what's the problem with Hollywood, you guys? And they're like, this guy's the problem. You know, <laughs> they don't, they do not, they still don't like Netflix. That's why everybody's like trying how- to start their own. I like how they've been in, you know, they've basically been Hollywood for decades. But time somebody new comes, all of a sudden he's the problem. But mm-hmm. you 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 don't think that what you've been doing for like 30, 40 years is the problem. Maybe not. you need to, you know, re- diversify your business practices. <laughs> Get some better marketing folks. Yeah. Better marketing folks would help, you know, who know how to sell things yeah. to wider audiences that aren't necessarily whiter audiences. Yes. I'm still, like, I remember just last year that article that came out that was saying that Netflix was so much money in the hole 
And then all of a sudden, a few months later, they've offered Ryan Murphy $300 million. They've offered um, Tony Rhymes $300 million. And I'm like, okay, but where is this money coming from? Because I thought there was a whole art- <laughs> series of articles about how they were broke and near bankruptcy. I mean, did, did they? I guess they got a resurgence. I don't know, but I just found that very interesting. They might be definitely things spending. keep happening to Netflix. I, yeah, I guess so. But like, I'm I, deficit spending with an eye towards the future, the idea of making themselves um, essential to everybody. But how 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 can we, the people, get that line of credit? <laughs> <laughs> like, mm. sure, give me this. I may or may not give you this many products. Some of them may fail. Some of them may not. Uh, but you have no guarantee. But I'll let me sign this check. <laughs> you know? My name is Reed Hastings. I'll take that check. Thank you. Right. <sighs> but yeah. yeah, it's it's an investment. Mm-hmm. It's truly an investment. So, yeah. How do you think like because Netflix is the only one that I have. Do you guys have Amazon? And like, how do you think it compares to them? All right. Are they trying to outdo each other? or do, Are they like all different in their own way? They are definitely trying to outdo each other. But basically by fighting over what they show, like, you know, if there's like a movie package that Netflix doesn't have, Hulu tries to Because Amazon has has Oscar. They have an Oscar, right? Manchester by the Sea? Yes. 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 Okay. So they're probably kind of like the more, I guess, dignified version. They like to think of it. In the eyes of like Hollywood, I guess. Yeah. They are. That's what they're going for. But like, you know. My problem with Amazon is that their con- like their content is all supposed to be like pressy stuff. It's mm-hmm. super white. Yeah. And Magruder is working on a show that show about new colonial new uh, Columbia, whatever it's called. You know about like black people getting their own nation after the Civil War. I mm-hmm. hope it gets made all the way through and put up because like like I was going through the Amazon stuff trying to find something to watch and like mm-hmm. I, listen, I know all this stuff is, is you know transparent, all this stuff you know highly rated, highly praised. Sometimes I want to see black people right. <laughs> or brown people. I don't want to see, you know, white people sign into the camera and huffing and puffing sometimes. I just don't. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Um, there's a lot of that on Amazon. Their catalog stuff, a lot of it, I think, comes from Warner Brothers. Like a lot of it is like DC comic stuff too. DC, oh, of course, okay. is starting their own service. So that stuff will be pulled. it's like yeah everybody got their shit uh hulu is interesting because the way they do their movies is weird like because you know hulu tv shows always have ads running through them the movies they run them straight through i guess put ads in between or whatever but like one time i was working on some stuff late at night and i was falling in and out of consciousness and somehow hulu showed me uh, Ninja Turtles, teenage, the one for 2014, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. and Ooh, then, the one that looked like, cra- like crackheads that I refused to watch? Yeah, it was that one. Who uh, did that? Oh. What, what's the guy that did that one? Um, uh, Michael Bay. Yes. Yeah. And then they showed me a Medea Christmas right after. <laughs> what kind of, <laughs> what kind of <laughs> algorithm? <laughs> I think because well, like, I, I guess, watched too much they, Empire... That it just yes. recommended me a media Christmas and decided, oh, I'll put this on for you. It's fine. 
Oh, wait, because Christmas is the animated one, right? No, no, no. I, no. I probably would have preferred no. the animated one. Uh. Medea Christmas is very much live yeah. action. There's a point okay. in the picture where they're on their way to the country to visit her um, her granddaughter, whoever it is, who's married to the white man. And then, like, and oh, they, that they make a pit stop somewhere in Alabama. And uh, the joke is oh, that Jesus. it's Alabama. Medea goes to go to the bathroom. She opens up a door to, like, a restaurant, and it's filled with Klansmen in, in hoods. Of course. Oh, God. Yeah, I remember. I'll never forget that. <laughs> that or her, or her trying to be the substitute teacher in the um, Alabama classroom with all these children in it, and her telling some weird, weird ass stories that supposed to be funny but aren't. <sighs> Tyler, oh, I try. <laughs> I do try. Keep giving you all these. Keep giving you all these opportunities, but you just keep on. Yeah. Well, now he's with what Paramount. He's said? with Paramount and BET. So the, sh- the TV shows will be on BET. The movies will be Paramount releases. Mm. Okay. Are there? Do you think that? Do you think they've put into his contract certain certain limitations, certain stipulations? No, because that, he's would, cheap. that might improve his. <laughs> the tree um, no, got it. He's cheap. I was literally <laughs> about to say no because they know that he'll take you know make a dollar out of fifteen cents. So they're just like, here you go. We don't care what you do, but. This is the budget, and we're not going over it. <laughs> Damn. And Tyler Perry's like, I won't. Let me open up um, our movie right quick. I was literally about to say, <laughs> I was literally about to say that, hey, maybe this could be a good thing. Maybe that means that his stuff would be improved. Maybe, you know, but y'all, <laughs> y'all like, no. Also, we got to think, plus, BT is not about to. <laughs> I mean, I hate to, I hate to say it, but they are not. I mean, I was shocked with being Mary Jane, but of course, that's because the Akils were like. I was about to bring up being Mary. We're Jane. not about. Yeah, to, like, we're, we're not about to say. Yeah. But of course, when they left, again, <laughs> when they left, and they hired Ashley and Polk to replace them, just like when they left um, the game. Yeah. So. I think it, it it really depends on who's doing it because I'm I don't I'm I doubt they paid the Achilles as much as like the CW or Own is paying them. Oh, uh, of course not. That's why they left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they're so good that it. I mean, being Mary Jane was amazing when they were when they were over it. Yeah, it was. Like, it, it looked uh, it looked like it was an expensive show. Yeah. So yeah, it, the production values were high, really high. Yeah. yeah. It's A, BT is just not going to pay that much money because Viacom is like, y'all can only get this much. You can't have all oh. the 40 acres in the mule. Did they try to keep oh. Gabby 10 Gabby acres her in a wild boar? Like the- <laughs> 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 One wild boar. One wild boar. And then it, it depends on who's at the helm of it, like what they can make with the money. And I mean, Tyler's just, he has to literally do everything, written, directed, producing, casted, you know, hair, makeup. He uses the same wigs. Starring. Um, yes, starring. <laughs> he doesn't like to delegate, but it's like, dude, you're not going to lose anything but you know, letting other people do stuff. It can only get better. I, You know, people have these titles for a reason. <laughs> they went to computer school, Tyler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And my thing is like, dude, you are in Atlanta. How many hairdressers do we have? Well, a- Atlanta is hair city. You can spit in the air and hit a hairdresser or a barber, but can you hit a good one? 
What, but I'm just, but there are a lot of good ones though. There are so I got so I've been on I've been on a barber hunt for the last like two months because my old barber decided he wanted to start charging late fees. So like I hashtag just, black people problems. Yeah. So I literally just found one. He yesterday. said he's had a young nigga showing up at one forty five for one o'clock. It wasn't even that. It was the fact that he was based in Mary. <laughs> he was, he was based like in- everywhere is traffic. That's not an excuse. That, that was my excuse though. This is like the trap. Like traffic would always fuck me up. Always. <laughs> so he was like, "Start want to start charging late fees." I'm like, "Nah." I've never heard of a barber charging late fees. That's hilarious. It's like, are you I mean, hair salons do it all the time. Hairstylists, but a barber, that is the first I've heard. How much is a late fee for a hairstylist usually? I mean, how much are y'all's haircuts to begin with? Like $10? No, no. Um, They've gone up? Oh, they have gone way up. Like, if you are a child, your haircut's like $15. If you're a grown person, they start at $25 and go up. Like I was paying yeah. my last barber, his hair, my haircuts were thirty five dollars as the base price. What? And then with a tip, that made it forty five. You can get you a good, good what wash. <laughs> get you a good wash and roll set. Hold on a second. Is that just for a haircut? Like, do they deep condition your? Do they what, 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 massage your scalp and everything? Do you do like for, a facial, like a face scrub, like. A- it was for a haircut, a shave, like like an actual shave, like the lather and like the towel. And oh, stuff. okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, that All right. I was about to yeah. say, they, they were taking care of that skin. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah. Uh, any final thoughts about the... Oh, speaking of the whole Hulu, Netflix, Amazon thing, and speaking of like things like the Disney service, the DC streaming service, like as I mentioned before, it just gets complicated when they everybody wants to open up their own shit. Like, yes, because what's going to be left... I don't know, because, like, I signed up for Boomerang because I had to, because it's me. Mm-hmm. I had to do it. There was no choice. They said Looney Tunes and Scooby-Doo and Pop Out of Sailor. I said, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, it's only $4 a month, so it's fine. But, yeah. you know, $4 a month starts to add up, because brown sugar is $4 a month. But, but they probably have Black Mama, White Mama. I want to see right. Black Mama, White Mama when I want to be able to see it. How um, much is Amazon? Because I know it's it's included with Prime if you have it, but how much is is it on its own? I think by itself it's like nine a month. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Netflix keep going, oh, we're just going to add one more dollar. I think they done, they have gone up like $3 in the last few years. And I was like, okay, they like one more time. They're like a drug dealer. It's like them at and AT&T. AT&T is like, oh, we're going to go up five more dollars on your unlimited plan. Cool. I'm keeping my unlimited. Go ahead. I see what you're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's not working. It's not working. <laughs> and it's funny because speaking of Netflix, I still have my Netflix disc um, subscription. You and one of my other friends who <laughs> I made fun of, he was like, yeah, I'm waiting for it to come in the mail. I'm like, bruh, it is 2018. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you wait. You still mail that DVD? <laughs> but listen. But they have a lot more stuff I like. Exactly. The Which exact reason I don't understand that, pit, that now that's what when you talk about movies that you can't get, that's what I don't like about Netflix is that right. they have a better selection on DVD. I I mean, I I guess it's because it's like the whole rights that you have to sign a new contract if it's gonna go up on the streaming service and all that kind of stuff. But mm. the exact reason we're discussing this, because like I literally have in my hand, I told you I saw BPS at Justice League. 
That's mm-hmm. how I got them. They, they're in little envelopes right here in my hands right now. Yeah. Because they send, they can send you Blu-rays now as well. Because that's just like they have the wire on DVDs, but they don't have it where you can stream it. Right. You got to sit Because I remember, I think when I first got Netflix, I was wanting to go through it. And I was like, well, wait. So I'm, like, I'm not paying an extra 3 or $4 just for this. Oh, no. It's more than that now. It's it's 7 Oh. Oh, see, you know. And but now I like, have HBO, and they never delete anything, so. <laughs> yeah, HBO is awesome for streaming. Like, they have a really good streaming platform. And that's another one. Well, I mean, well, obviously, it's HBO. They're going to stay premium. That's just what they do. Yeah. That's their whole get-up. It's like, we're HBO, we're premium. Our stuff is unrated, you know. It's edgy. And we have all mm-hmm. the big movies, you know. They're, they're not going to want to combine with anybody in any shape, form, or fashion. But yeah. And plus they're like an add-on to cable. So it's not right. like an actual like separate streaming. Yeah. Like, um, oh, I mean, you can get HBO. Which one is it? Which one is the one that's separate? Is it now? It's HBO now, right? And Go- HBO now. Yeah. Because yeah, H- HBO Go is basically like if you already like, have it. Uh-huh. HBO now is yeah. HBO now is like $15 a month, though. So I mean it's crazy. It's funny when I call to change my address. But that's how much it is to add it on to cable. Is it? Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, mine was 15 It was $15. It is right. I was thinking... It's the same price. Mm, that's fair. When I called to change my address when I moved to Netflix for my um, DVDs and stuff, they were mm-hmm. like, okay, so you want to cancel your... D- this? I was like, no, no, no. You couldn't do it online? <laughs> you can't do it online. I think I, for a reason I called them. And I was like, y'all get rid of me that I, easily. I will, I will Google or figure <laughs> out how to not talk... I order pizza on the Domino's website. Like, anything I can do to not have to talk to another human being. <laughs> I, I feel that. I so feel that. Like I don't want to call Apple Care for nothing. <laughs> I feel that. Especially because you... Have you ever called Apple Care before? No. And, like, knock on wood, I just... I, I'm scared of the day that like something happens to my laptop because I've seen horror stories. Apple Care is weird when you call them over the phone for like tech support. Like they have this, they they send you a program where you install it on your end and they can take mm-hmm. over and control your machine from their end. Speaking of robots. <laughs> yeah, it's remote. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I know we remote, like like got three hours in, but we have to. Brandon, can you expound on that article you shared? Oh yeah, okay. This will be the last thing before we go. <laughs> yes. Um before we before we do like the wrap up. Yeah, so there's an article. Um they are making a movie called Firstborn Second. No, no, not Firstborn Second. First it's called it's a sequel to a movie called Firstborn, which I have not ever heard of before. It's called Secondborn. And they are casting a robot. Mm-hmm. An actual is robot. That, is it that one that's already like a I was about to say alive, but you know, like the one over in um in the Middle East. Uh huh. I don't think I don't know if it's her or not, but like apparently they are. I don't think they had the auditions yet. But <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, wait. A minute. <laughs> but they want to cast a real robot in this part. You said auditions. If they actually have auditions today, bro. I guess the auditions whether or not you get to take the program. I don't know what what, what operating system it runs. Listen, Will Smith tried to tell us that our robot not to trust these fools. And we just did not want to listen to we him. Did. We sure did. And they want, they want the robot to get a sad card, too. Oh, see. How? Hey, hey. Oh, 
they gonna add another letter on to like LGBTQI watch. They gonna R. add an R in there. <laughs> A new oh Oscar, our best robot actor in a the movie. They're gonna have like civil rights lawyers and everything. Oh Listen, this is that's literally the plot to the Matrix. <laughs> I like every day something happens that makes me realize, like, this is I can understand how people don't leave the house. <laughs> I get it because you know, I don't, I just don't want to live in a world where robots and drones are just. Everywhere I step, like I just I don't I Me don't neither. want it. You mean some analog stuff, but yeah, all right. Uh, we have one SSN challenge. Basically, like really quickly, let's just let's just debate this. I want to ask y'all to say something nice about this thing because uh, nothing. I don't know what nice you could possibly say. Uh, we already sort of kind of discussed this offline and in, in, uh, in the group which is, you know, for those who aren't part, it's, um, S, it's, F, it's com slash, uh, it's slash Facebook group. It's, doggone it, it's in the show notes. Um, but yeah, we have a group on Facebook, the Say Something Nice podcast group. You can ask to join. There is a question, just one question. Please answer it. If you have not answered the question, I will not let you in. There's yeah. a couple of y'all who are in the group right now for that reason. Answer the question. <laughs> I have the URL up. It's facebook.com slash groups slash SSN pod group. Awesome. Yeah. Thank thank you very thank you very much, Latria, because I mm-hmm. can remember. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm literally on Facebook, so that's the only reason I get to it so fast. All right. Um, so and Ali is the one who really like we we discuss this a lot. So Ralph breaks the internet, had a second trailer, of course, a couple a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, I know what this is. Okay. Yes, where they show, you know, like, um, they basically is about, you know, they sneak out of the arcade and into the internet world. Uh, and at one point, they go to the Disney Princess website. And so there, Vanellope Von Sweets uh, meets the other Disney Princess of Sleeping Beauty, uh, Snow White, Cinderella, Tiana, uh, Elsa, all of them, basically. They're all there. And so... One of the images, one of the scenes that came out after the initial sort of kind of one we saw in the first trailer was they're all having a sleepover. And they're all in like, you know, cute, relaxed pajamas and stuff and everything. Like they're getting ready for bed, you know, and just hanging out doing like fun, you know, like girl stuff. And uh, Tiana has taken her hair out, basically. And she has, um, it's natural hair, but it's like four, it's like, it's, it's like three C hair. Yeah, it ain't four C's. It's, <laughs> it's three. It's, she's in the threes. <laughs> yeah. And for whatever reason, it's also kind of lighter than you'd expect. And also, she, the way that she has been redesigned for this film is lighter and with a smaller nose, basically. And so there's a lot of controversy online of people comparing what she looked like in her own movie, The Princess and the Frog, mm-hmm. to how she looks in this film. Which, as you probably can imagine, like the Princess and the Frog to some degree, you know, it's made by almost all white men. Because, you know, Disney animation is basically, like, it's like a good, strong, it's the majority of people who work there are white men. Mm -hmm. Um, And moreover than that, there was also a debate, which I think was half in jest, but half serious, about whether or not she would be wearing a bonnet when she was at the sleepover. Or some kind of a head wrap. Oh, when she went to bed? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so there's a lot of people on Twitter. Like somebody put up an instructional video showing how to put on a head bonnet and edit the Disney animators. Have y'all ever, okay, sidebar, have you ever done a show about the lack of black animators or just about black animators in general? I believe we've probably discussed Bruce W. Smith at some point. Mm-hmm. We haven't done a show about black animators in general. Well, mm-hmm. we definitely discussed about the, Floyd Norman. Like, because, are there any? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah there are a okay. small handful. Floyd Norman is the most famous one. He was the first black person to hired for a loan term contract as an artist at Disney in 1956. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked on Sleeping Beauty, The Jungle Book. He later went to Pixar, worked on Toy Story 2. He worked at Hannah Barber and stuff. He's basically been bounced by all, all around. He have a documentary about him out that's on iTunes now called Floyd Norman and Animated Life. It's a really okay. good documentary, basically. And he's still alive. He's still alive. He's like 80s. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, there's only a few. Bruce W. Smith. Everybody knows the Proud Family. He created the Proud Family. He also directed oh. um, Bebe's Kids. And yes. he directed the animated parts of uh, Space Jam. Because, you know, you have to have a black person in oh, Space Jam. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's basketball. Among yes. others, uh, Floyd Norman's contemporary Leo Sullivan is a black animator. I mean, there's a couple. There's a couple of others. Ron Husband was a Disney animator. Uh, there's Lashawn Thomas, who of course did the stuff for Aaron Gruder for the Boondocks. But beyond that, mm-hmm. there's very few. And I don't know of any yeah. black women who worked as animators. There are black women who worked as artists on some of these films. You know, mm, like that would be interesting to find out. Yeah, know. like Floyd Norman's current wife is a Disney character artist. She does like stuff for the coloring books and stuff, and for like the storybooks. Mm-hmm. But as far as people who work on the actual films, certainly not any lead animators that I know of. I right. I hope there's some out there. Like I know, and I knew of black women in school who wanted to be Disney animators, but that was when they had the whole layoff thing. And, you know, we didn't, mm-hmm. it was, it's a long story. It's very painful and tragic. Uh, but yeah, there's probably nobody in that studio who would have, in the story meeting said, should she be wearing a head bonnet? Because they wouldn't have thought of the idea. Mm-hmm. I, like so, we're, we're yeah, actually halfway lucky, even though I say halfway, that they thought that she shouldn't have just straight hair when she takes her hair down. Some, some, but then okay. I don't know where they got the whole three C thing from because if you look at Tiana in her own movie, she certainly doesn't like. She's like she got two black parents, and she's very brown, right? And I know, <laughs> I know, Terrence Howard's the voice of the dad, but the dad don't look like him. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and you so, know who yeah. else they jacked up? They jacked up Jasmine as well. Oh yeah. Also, do you notice that? Like, I don't know if it's just Jasmine, but like. They, I feel like they played into the stereotype a little bit with her. Like, she's literally sitting on the magic carpet floating. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Like, they were doing a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, no they, no, they gave everybody their stereotypes, right? They, they made they made Pocahontas's hair flow in the wind of all the leaves um, constantly wafting through it because <laughs> colors of the wind. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> um, but... I was going to interject, Brandon, because um, this is not a sleepover. It's not what it is. No. What are they doing? So at first, when it was when it was published online, everybody thought that um, 
because uh, one of the girls, she looks like she's in pajamas, right? Right. But she's not actually. But when you look at the other girls, for example, look at Mulan. Mulan is wearing a Letterman jacket with um, with jeans and sneakers. I don't know about you, but I would never wear a Letterman jacket to bed. And they just like supposed to be like just hang like these like they're like hangout clothes, yeah. their play clothes, I guess. Exactly. This is them just chilling out. Okay. This is them just chilling out. It's just that some of the girls, because, and I know what it is, is because you know how little kids, when you give them, when you buy pajamas for little kids, they the, the top and the bottom are usually the same color. Uh-huh. Some of the girls are wearing tops and bottoms that are the same color and it makes it look like they're pajamas. But when you look closely, those aren't actually pajamas. Oh, well, Tiana definitely will be wearing a head wrap then because listen, like, she's not getting her hair redone for um for church. <laughs> out there running around acting the food. Yeah, so or, they're or just if it's out, uh, uh, they don't if they don't she put it back in like braids or plaits or whatever. They got to put a wrap on her head because listen, uh, we saw mm-hmm. we saw um Mama Oprah in the first movie. She don't know like she taking any of that foolishness at all. <laughs> yeah. So, um, funnily enough, like I saw one reaction. You know, I saw the reaction online that I saw was, you know the outrage and then Brandon mentioned the 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 woman the black woman on on Twitter who made an who made an entire tutorial yeah her name is um, um her ad is oh, iron so underscore good. spike and she's Listen, her, yeah go ahead sorry yeah, to you. oh i was going to say i learned stuff and i'm like i'm not even an animator but i feel like i learned so i can get a certificate now like it was yeah. very thorough yeah yeah that was that was extremely thorough and Honestly, I was just like, wow, I guess I wasn't really paying attention to my sister growing up. Like, I just didn't even <laughs> notice that this was all this process was going on. I just, I don't know. I just assumed she just, she just threw that thing on. Oh, no. <laughs> like, like, my mom would do my sister's hair in the living room. And I would, I, I paid enough attention to know that it was, there's an entire involved process, you know, and a lot of it unfortunately involved pain, you know, the whole comb out thing, you know, like, she never enjoyed that. Listen, it was like a rite of passage to get slapped in the forehead with the comb because you're like moving and twitching because mm. it hurts. Mm. So, yeah, <laughs> it was definitely well, never a fun experience. My goodness gracious. Yes. So, <laughs> I, I feel pain. so there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here that people need to unpack. I mean, I posed it to a couple of my my uh, relatives who are black, who are black, black women. And I asked them, hey, what do you guys think? And the majority of them were just like, um, we don't really care. <laughs> we just want to <laughs> see Disney princesses. We we don't care. We we want to see we want to see the girls get some spotlight. And at this point, if we get if we get this, this is fine for now. And they 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 seem to be of the idea that everyone's doing too much. Just chill and accept this for now, and then we'll move forward from there. I feel like Maybe they can't fix the hair or the nose, but changing the skin tone requires yeah. changing like like a couple of numbers in a, in the computer and re-rendering what however what like maybe like a half dozen shots that Tiana's actually in in the actual final film. They have until really? November. Will they, need they to could do change that. the lighting too? No, no. 
Look at you. They don't need to change the light. <laughs> they need to make her a little bit darker. Remember, remember we were, remember we had a discussion back, back. Um, for example, yeah, about lighting um, black Mindy people Kaling. in, in oh. real, in real life. Yeah, lighting black people yeah. in real, in real life. In live action right. film. <laughs> but you have to, but if you want things to look realistic on, on animated stuff, you right. have to apply some of these same these same things, okay, right? Okay, you are right. They, they could probably adjust the lighting a little bit, but I mean, literally like, I mean, it's changing a couple more numbers, you know, it's like literally like, you know, these are all things that could be done with physical, the physical labor takes about a half hour. The, like the rendering would take a long time, but you need, that's why they have render farms at these studios. They could fix that stuff. And I think that would help the movie go over a little bit better for like, they they did what they could in the limited time they could to change it. That, that would be fine. Even like in color correction, somebody could literally like, you know, like select her skin tone and push it a little bit if they didn't want to do the re-rendering. There are things they could do to make it not look as extreme, like the difference in the skin tone is extreme without having, because I understand they can't go back and put a head bottom on her because they, they've they already wrapped the film for animation, basically. And, you know, it's time for them to fix it and get it ready so they can distribute it to, you know, Disney, every country in the world, because it's, it's one of those movies. But there are things they could do to fix it a little bit. I don't know. Patria, how do you feel about it? Um, the hair, I mean, the hair wasn't as a big deal to me, um, but her skin tone was. Mm. Like, I I didn't like the fact that they lightened her skin. Like, you know, you can, because when I looked at the original picture, I was just like, oh, so Tiana's in here. I'm like, who is this girl? Like, (laughs) I was literally going through, like, like, Cinderella, okay, Mulan. Like, her and, um... Jasmine, I did not, I didn't know. Yeah, so see, that's, that's a problem. That's, yeah, that's the thing, like, it's not, everyone else is like, they have, they look the same, like their hair color or some other kind of trait, you can tell, but those, I was just like, I'm like, is that Tiana? But no, that's not, that can't be her. Right. Oh, well. Yeah, I agree. And Not also, well, I don't know. I don't know what the big deal is. Why did they decide to change her nose? I don't understand why. Well, mm. they redesigned all of those princesses to look to match how you know how Penelope looks in that movie. But in doing so, they really didn't pay attention to a lot of like you know the traits that make some of them you know like make sure they yeah, look. Yeah, like you just gave them generic. Or give them generic noses, like. Mm-hmm. No, you can't do that, especially when it comes to black people. Like, no. The only thing they got right about the ethnicities was giving giving um giving um Mulan the beautiful jet black hair and and the eyes. But you can't just stop yeah. there. You need to look at all the other all the other um ethnicities. If you have if you have um um, Pocahontas, you need to give her a high cheekbones. You need to give her, you know, that... Yeah, the, that the face of, shape of um, Pocahontas in particular, um, she looked very generic. It's possible. I don't know if they will. Yeah. But also, at this day, at this day and age, it's Disney. Like, they have to know better by now. <sighs> but I would think, like, your, mm-hmm. like your, your television division is, like, mm-hmm. you know, had this big push for diversity. Like, does it not kind of flow over? <laughs> it don't. It don't, okay. Like, like the thing is, you would think they would know better, but yeah. Number one, 
Never underestimate white people. <laughs> you, you are absolutely right. You and num- absolutely right. number two, in big corporations, even in mid-sized corporations, like, you know, one department don't talk to the other one. That is very true. Like, you know, they're over there at ABC, you know, trying to make, you know, the greatest American hero with a with an Indian woman as the lead and making black shows and stuff and this bewitched thing. Disney animation is still over there, uh, like literally across the street from their main studio, but they're over there still, you know, trying to make, you know, princesses in Iceland, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they can do something. I don't know. <laughs> So is like going back to the movie. If the original one was Wreck It Ralph, that's the first one. Uh huh. Is it good? Is I haven't seen yes, it. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's good. It's that's really on good. Net, that's on Netflix, right? Yeah. It did is. they make a Did they make a um a cartoon series like a TV series out of that too? Not out of that one. Not not okay. yet. They okay. might at some point after this one, perhaps. But at this point, they have not. They so basically, it's about a. A video game come to life. Is yeah, that, like it's uh, okay. Toy Story for video games, basically. Like this, um, Wreck It uh, Ralph is the he basically is Donkey Kong. He's Donkey Kong in his own game, but he hates being a villain. He wants to be a hero instead. Okay. And so he's trying to go on an adventure to prove he's a hero. Like, like uh, was it Fix It Felix, who's sort of kind of Mario character in, in his game? Oh, let me add that to my queue because I just. I've never been inclined to look at it. Didn't seem like something I cared to watch. I think you would I enjoy Wreck It Ralph. And I, I mean, I genuinely like cartoons, so. Yeah, I think that one, I think you would enjoy that one. Okay. Like, it's very well put together. Like, it takes its concept, like, and actually executes it very well. The only thing I would say about it is I wish they spent more time in the Fix It Felix video game world. Because he, mm-hmm. he leaves within the first 15 minutes or so to go on his adventure. Okay. Yeah. They, well, they, they only stayed in there just long enough for you to understand. This is why Ralph wants to leave. Right. <laughs> right. Gotcha. All right. And um, in closing our show for today, uh, we've been here a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, listeners. <laughs> no, no, it's it's uh, no. We're, we're we're like, listen, we haven't we have not been here for a minute, so it's okay <laughs> for here for a minute to start with. Uh, that is all fine and good because we're only doing like one show a week from now. That's the other part I got to mention at the top of the show, y'all. It's only one show a week now. Um, we were doing two before, but listen, um, uh, work has rendered that um, situation. Um, and invalid from now on. <laughs> so just mm-hmm. one a week is fine. Uh, I do want to try to do insecure recaps if we can at some point. But like, I, I that was means, just about to ask. Yeah, that <laughs> means I have it. to start watching the show because I haven't seen it yet. Um, not season three. Oh, what the third? Yeah, well, yeah, I think episode three comes on tonight. Yep. I will have to catch it's up. still the same, you know, same fuckery. <laughs> <laughs> this is my sexy walk. <laughs> I literally shake my head like I really dislike every character. I love the show, but the characters are they make it hard to be on their side. I I think that's the point, right? Except for Kelly. I'm team Kelly. (laughs) She she keeps it real. Yeah, Yeah. she's a bit problematic, but she's the only one that has an ounce of sense. Bitch, I'm gonna tell Bell Hooks on you. Oh, speaking of, by the way, um, Wreck It Ralph is not on Netflix. (gasps) 
Disney, what are you doing? I thought I saw it. Nope, it's not. No, it sure is. I just typed. I just typed wreck. Mm-hmm. But that should be the first thing that should show up. Nope, the emoji movie showed up for me. The fuck? Yeah, mm. no. <laughs> no, Wreck-It well, Ralph is not on. I there. refuse to watch that. So yeah, you have. I, I do you have a, a ton of other emoji movie? I still need to watch Coco, but I just am not emotionally stable enough e- to e- do e- so. E- e- tissue. Make yeah, sure literally, tissue. I would. I I get to where I'm like, all I have to do is hit play. And then I'm just like, am I ready to sit here and cry for two hours? No, I can't do it. You and won't cry I'll for two hours. You'll cry for the last half hour. You I don't definitely know, man. I cried at those Publix commercials, Brandon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Mother's Day commercials of Publix? God. Publix makes some good-ass advertising. Oh. I, get, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they have the other Disney movies on there. They yeah. when I when I typed in Wreck, they have mm-hmm. Moana. You have Coco is there as well. Is Toy um, Story on there? I'm pretty sure it's not. Is Frozen's ass on there? No. Yeah. Wait. Is it? No. Um, I don't okay. think Frozen's gonna be on there. Okay. I was gonna be mad. Chicken if Little is on. there. Cars. Chicken Little. Fu- is fuck. No. No. Okay. We closing no. the show. I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frozen's Frozen's not on there. Uh, no, Bolt is there. Boss the, baby. The Ooh. fuck? Bolt? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they got Bolt on there. A mess. And a oh, top. and they have a collection of and they have a they they have a collection of all the Pixar shorts. Mm-hmm. Yep. All in one. Yeah. So yeah, the the BFG is there. BFG is <laughs> I like that movie. Nobody saw it. I was in the theater alone. Uh, Right. Oh, they have an extremely goofy movie that they don't have the mm, first one. See, that's a problem. They have the sequel, but not the actual movie people want right, to see. Right, that's the one that we all want to see is the first one. Yeah. They have Pete's they have Pete's Dragon. Which one? Never seen it. The no, the uh, the, the new version. Uh, mm, they got yeah. Hercules. God, who's who watched that? John. <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, before have, we go, oh, we, Tarzan and the Iron Giant are here as well oh, as on the the Glenn Close one hundred one Dalmatians. Oh Lord! Oh mm. uh, yeah. Before yeah. we go, we do want to say rest in peace to um, a couple of people. Uh, John Carter, who was a pioneering black film um, editor, he was actually the first black person to be admitted into the um, filmmaker, the film editors union. He edited Sister Act Two, Lean on Me, Friday. Uh, Cry Kid Part 3, Boomerang, Set It Off, Soul Food, yes. and The Wood. And The Five Heartbeats. So a lot of your favorite mm-hmm. um, Black cinema classics, he was mm-hmm. the film editor for it. He got to start working on a um, MLK documentary in 1970. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Eddie Willis, um, who was a former funk brother, for, um, who was the studio band, of course, from Motown Records. He died. He was 82. Eddie Willis, you recognize his playing because he's the guy who's hitting the two and the four and the guitar in every Motown song. You know, that's him. Um, so, yeah, he was like, you know, like the fixture that who kept the beat on the Motown Records. So, rest in peace to him. Uh, Craig Zayden, which was like a surprise passing because he actually died. He was having an operation done and died during like complications. He was 69 years old. He was the producer. Him and Neil Marin, they produced Chicago, the movie, 
Hairspray, the musical movie, and all those NBC live shows like The Wiz Live and and um, mm-hmm. what's and Jesus Christ Superstar and yeah. um, Sound and Music. They can't all be winners. Yeah. Um, but uh, going back, he also produced um, Brandy's version of Cinderella with Whitney Houston in it. Mm, yeah, because a lot of black people were posting about him, and I'm like, who is this man? Yeah. Impossible. What uh what was the surgery? Did you, did you say it and I missed it? I did nah, like I didn't see what the surgery was. Like uh, I'm kind of scared to see what it was. I know. Like, <laughs> Cause like that's always my always my fear about major surgery, you know. Like mm-hmm. will you come back from it? But yeah, you know, old black people, uh-uh, I'm not mm-hmm. going under. Yeah. Recipes to him. And then also we do want to say like like blessings to like a lot of the families. Like there was a mass shooting um today. And so yes. this recorded Sunday in Jacksonville oh at a video game tournament that was a qualifying event for um, the Madden, Madden 2019, 2019 like tournament. Mm-hmm. They say I have so far I think they said 12 people were shot and four have died. Right. So senseless. Yeah. And one of them was the suspect. Wait, wait, you said what, Brandon? About the deaths? Uh four people died. So what that, that yeah, was the last people- number I saw. Yeah, four people. Yeah, it's four people who've passed, and about seventeen people have. Oh, been seventeen injured. people yeah. have been injured, and a lot of them were like shot, like in the torso, like in the chest. Oh goodness gracious! Which yeah. I was, read. It says it was a, David Katz of Baltimore, Maryland, was the gunman. Took his own life inside after the shooting. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people have come from out of town to play in this tournament. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, also they're literally this was being streamed on Twitch.tv. So yeah, they, 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 a lot they, of videos. The, the gunshots they say they heard live on Twitch. Wow! Yeah. So basically, I I found I saw the video. It's basically they were they they had a shot of the the game that was playing, and then a little side um a little side screen that shows you who's playing the game, and literally. Um, suddenly you hear you hear commotion in the background of the folks who are playing the game, and then the the live act the live video of them playing cuts off, and then you hear the guns go off, and then the actual video game screen um, it says controllers have been disconnected. Yeah, they immediately stopped the thing when the gunshots. Yeah, went they, yeah, because they just they stopped the whole stream and everything, and yeah, it's people it's to horrible go- to hear because literally you hear people shouting and screaming. Yeah. As I mean, people like went and hid in like the bathrooms and stuff. They barricaded themselves within like nearby stores. It was like in like a like a like a strip mall area, mm-hmm. like one of those outside like marketplaces. That is crazy. You are, are are y'all going to Dragon Con next weekend? Y'all about to have extra security. I hope so. Oh yeah, that's uh, what I suspect is going to happen too. Because I mean, this mm-hmm. is. No, mind you, though, this is definitely this has to be premeditated. This guy came from Baltimore. Oh yeah. I mean, he he came down there for plan. Um, there, there's a rumor that he he was in the tournament, he lost, and he got upset, and that's this is the result. Oh my of living God! Anything to ha- like humanize him at, at any cost. I don't see, but I mean, who I comes to a like that, tournament with a gun? I feel like that that reveals just how much of a monster he is. Like, so I lost. So I'm gonna yeah. kill everybody. Yes. Yeah, that's like that's that's like video game rage taken to a whole other level. I'm just right. I'm appalled at the idea of him doing that. Like, uh, we gotta we got I don't know how I don't know if this is what we gotta do with these kids, but like, my mm-hmm. no, no, 
That's sad, though. That's extremely messed up. Um, sorry to end it on that downer note, y'all. People should be able to enjoy, you know, what they like to do. Yes. And have a good time doing it and not worry about, oh, my God, am I going to make it home? Right. After this event. Yeah. This is very sad. Um, but, yeah. So, thank you, everybody, for listening to the Says Says. Why can't I ever say something nice podcast? Uh, country <laughs> ass branded. Um, you can find our show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, and wherever else great podcasts can be found. You can find us on all social media under the handle at SSM Podcast. If you would like to write into the show, that is podcast at SSMPodcast.com. We will have a new phone number for you later on since I get it set up. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. This has been the Say Something Nice Podcast. I am Brandon. I'm Latria. This is Ali. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.